1: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Aliens Area, Sakamoto Days, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, My Hero Academia, and One Piece week to week. Back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 35, I'm your host, Eagle Knox. And as always, before we get started, we would ask that you take a look in the description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts like Twitter, online communities like Discord audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on as well as our Patreon link where you can, you know, offer even more support than you do already by just watching our stuff. Also, while you're down there, like the video and subscribe to the channel for more fire ass weekly motherfucking content. Also, you can find timestamps down there to use, navigate yourself through the video and avoid spoilers for uh series that you're not caught up in yet. So yeah, with that being said, fire ass weekend jump full weekend jump. Yes. Holy fuck. Some huge ass fucking chap what did you think was the strongest chapter, Noxie? Oh, uh, uh, One Piece. Ah, I think it's <laughs> I, think it's, I <laughs> think it's hard to contest. Yeah. Honestly, like it's man. It's one just... one this
0: was just one of those One Piece chapters that that like gave me like the feeling that like I'm you know kind of like have been missing in one piece you know what i mean like just like lore stuff with everybody downstairs and and the fight concluding upstairs the way that it did and we'll talk about it obviously when we get to the segment but it just it was just like right on time for one piece for me after the conflict it was just like almost nostalgic the way that the the arc is like wrapping up probably because we've been in the arc for like five years it feels like so of course it's been a while since i've felt this end of arc Kind of like world building and, and dialogue, but I'm just like happy that that's what we got this week.
1: Hell yeah. 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 I would also have to say that I agree. One Piece is the strongest chapter this week, in my opinion. You can tell, like, Oda's. He's just in his fucking bag. Bro. Yeah. This is his he's bag. He's just. Yo, know, he's going crazy. Yeah. You know? He is literally going crazy. He's Stuff like there. this has always been his biggest bag,
0: in my opinion.
1: I was saying on my reaction, like, the craziest thing about this shit, like, Oda is really the king of jump. He's gotten the cover two weeks in a row. This is the first time I think, in my knowledge, I've ever seen, you know, since I've been keeping up with it, yeah, the same series get the jump cover two weeks in a row.
0: Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it before, but now I'm now I'm wondering, like, how often that's happened, if there's any, you know, jump heads in the comments that I'm sure will pull up and let us know any other times that it's happened, like... I might have to, I might hit up like Axe or like Manga Crash in DMs after the review and be like, "Hey, when was the last time you saw this?" <laughs>
1: Oda is really the king of jump, man. And yeah. the wildest thing about it is Oda still got the cover this week and Black Clover came back from like a 4-month hiatus. Yeah, that is... <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of crazy, yo. That's
0: kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I legitimately didn't even think about it. Like, yeah, like, like, Black Clover has been gone for, like, three months and is just now coming back and didn't get the cover. I don't know if that's the protocol for, for breaks or hiatuses or whatever. Like, when you come back and no, get the usually, cover, it sounds yeah. like you should. It sounds good, but I guess I just am not familiar with the history of that protocol.
1: You would but. think one of the longest-running series in Jump, coming back from a four month hiatus would get the cover one piece one piece got two covers in a row after a month hiatus (laughs) including a week where black clover came back from a four month hiatus
0: yeah no that's funny as hell that's kind of crazy yeah that is super crazy oda
1: is the king of jump he really is man aliens area chapter nine man first chapter of the night break the silence and i don't know this was actually a super fucking nice chapter for me i like the uh the light tatsumi and genji kind of vibe we got this chapter yeah uh feels nice that naba seems to be taking the time early to really like kind of build these relationships that we have and these understandings that we have of these characters and their personalities and kind of what drives them inside of these you know stories yeah so i love to see some genji love this chapter man yeah and we're uh Building a senior Senpai relationship that he's got with Tatsumi. Yeah, it's definitely really good. feels nice. I like like you were saying, like they kind of like
0: slowed it down so that we could get, you know, some of this relationship building inside of the sector and the the cast inside of the sector or whatever. Cause like when you when you mentioned that a moment ago, I thought about like how many times I felt in manga that the side cast that is definitely there in our faces the entire time does usually maybe not usually, but a lot of the times take a while to be fleshed out because either the pacing keeps the the focus on the main character and the duder and then it's really like you know the those two show you know like in the beginning and it's like really like high octane and fast paced especially inside of like you know action series like these or whatever and then mm-hmm. i think about how like you know side characters that have been there the entire time that have really only been around as like support in battle you know what i mean with like you know, a little bit of dialogue here and there finally get fleshed out, like, way later. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But there have been so many times I've been reading a series and been like, damn, we're just now getting info on this on this character or j- getting, For you real. know, relationship, you know, um, kind of um, chilled out, like, dialogue chapters like these. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, takes a while to, to flesh some side characters out in this way with the main character. So I appreciate that we got it really early right now like <clears> 10 <throat> chapters you could tell nabafusa is trying to you know establish a good cast relationship early which feels really yeah. good mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and uh yeah i don't know I, I thought it was super interesting as well to learn that ufos that we would think of as ufos are considered actually like kind of outdated and archaic in this narrative you know what i mean oh yeah Um, and that we're actually going to get to see kind of all types of cool looking spaceships probably going forward that could literally be like disguised as anything. Cause this one we see in this chapter is just a fucking phone. Right. You know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I feel like I'm going to be scanning every panel going forward is like, is this fucking shit a spaceship? Oh fuck. (laughs) Is this a spaceship? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. (laughs) I like how it's like giving us,
0: you know, story that's kind of like centered around like more mundane um you know uh what i can't remember what the name of their organization is off the top of my head right now i don't have it memorized um them, but like sector whatever it's
1: literally on page um, um foreign yeah. affairs five
0: yeah. yeah 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 there we go yeah, foreign yeah we affairs begin five. these like yeah, yeah okay so we're like kind of like showing you know what it looks like In non-battle scenarios to deal with aliens, you know what I mean? Like, which is really cool because when you kind of like take a moment to kind of like chill and like focus on like the mundanity of this job, it really gives more life to the alien situation in the story, you know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, yeah, we have to fight the bad ones, but then the ones that aren't really bad... Yeah, like we're giving we're writing him a ticket for parking violations. It's like, okay, so that's what that looks yeah. like in this world. You know what I mean? We're seeing the him write a citation, like you can't park your UFO here. That's something that we have to deal with in Foreign Affairs Five. And this is probably like the norm. You probably have to do stuff like this more often than fighting aliens, which is just a great dynamic to kind of establish in the story. Not that it's just going to be boring paperwork. Kind of storytelling all the time. But it's good to show us early that this is what the world kind of looks like. Because it has wonders Ooh. for the world building, first of all. It just makes it feel that much more real. Like, I feel like we're so desensitized to just, like, battle manga. That it's just, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. like, one fight after the next one all the time. And that's, like, kind of like what we should the be focusing on. Type, yeah, shit. type shit. And it's, like, kind of hard to really feel the world. It, it's it's harder to, to, to give your world a living and breathing state when you're constantly in like back-to-back action even if it moves the plot you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like getting a situation like this where this alien isn't necessarily a bad guy he's kind of a dick but i mean like this is a new mm-hmm. alien he hasn't been here for very long so he doesn't understand you know the etiquette you know or like humanity you know how they kind of like converse with each other and deal with things and this dude's like talking shit to um you know to tots and be like oh you're a new guy you know what I'm saying? He's like he's like, "Yeah, you got to move your vehicle." And he's like, "Why? Why do I have to move it? Why do I have to listen to you?" And he's like being like super aggressive and like imposing and threatening and it's like, right. "How <laughs> long have you been here?" Like this is like a new guy, this is a tourist. This is the tourist situation. He fucking spits at him and shit and it's fucking acid. It's like, "That's not how you're supposed to be behaving." But how would this alien know that because he's brand new here. He's literally a tourist. The aliens that have been know, the aliens that have been living among us for a while, you know, would probably know that this kind of stuff is like not kosher you know what i mean like you can't Mm. really like behave this way for just being told to move your car you know what i mean so it's cool that these are the kind of interactions and world building that we get when there's not action yeah it just makes the world feel alive to me
1: yeah i don't i mean i i would think that he's been here a little longer than he's implying only because on page 17 here we do get genji saying to tatsumi um Top left panel on page 17. He's uh, supposedly that alien didn't know, but he says, did you see how that alien bowed? Supposedly that alien didn't know about Earth. But I ran a background check. Right. That alien knew it's illegal to go to park there. So it's kind of implied that he's been here for a little bit longer. He was been here longer than he was saying sure
0: um but like but i do i do fully like ingrained into society exactly like the aliens that we know have been living among us for years to decades you know like they yeah exactly human etiquette and just human nature enough to exist with us without issues
1: like these because this was pretty awkward <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i do i do lo- i do love what you're saying about like you know how naba is showing us these more mundane situations inside of the job you know with this like potato farmer guy that we got last couple chapters who was like farming you know doing whatever so he could make sashimi yeah and he and they came up to him like bro like you're you're fucking with our crops and he's like oh shit my bad bro like i didn't mean to do that
0: and, and then, that was uh, the whole
1: conflict resolution in the chapter
0: and right, right, and then so and he, then he even like, thought okay. to me was like wait so like not every alien like
1: situation that we go to is going to be like a mortal threat. (laughs) like nah exactly yeah and then we get this one inside of this chapter where still kind of a relatively mundane uh interaction but one where it's a little bit more lightly confrontational right where this dude is kind of like being a little bit belligerent and argumentative and like you said he kind of like spits and he's like the fuck i'm supposed to follow your rules yeah um, but he's not necessarily doing anything that's too out of pocket to where you can really activate and like you know apprehend his bitch ass or whatever yeah, yeah. um you know the genji just kind of had to come in and, and flex his seniority and, and really spit some some laws and shit like yo yeah calm down buddy yeah chill out yeah. before we really fucking put the cuffs on you yeah but and it's like what are you no, spitting
0: acid at people for anyway like 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 you must really like, he has to know that his spit is acid like what does it not burn people of his like alien race is it just like regular spit to his people or like does it burn anything that it comes in contact with because if so then like he was trying to fucking seriously injure tatsumi by spitting at him <laughs> and like that's um, pretty crazy to think about did he, he was... not just spit at his feet maybe i thought i thought tatsumi dodged it oh he did kind of dodge it yeah, yeah yeah and it's like dude you know your shit is acid bro like like wow. like what if that would have hit me? Then we would have had to fold
1: you. <laughs> oh no, yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no. Bro, I'm folding you regardless if you yeah. spit ass it at me. If I if I need to dodge your shit, you wanna just bro. Right, right. And,
0: and and A, and I don't know, you know, who this alien is or whatever. They're kinda like trying to like sow the seed in the background that he's a bigger deal than he seems to be, but like I don't know, man. Like I don't really see I don't see him being like too crazy. You know, of a threat if it did come to that. Like, I feel like Genji would dance on this motherfucker if it really came down to it. I feel <laughs> so. It's like, why are you throwing your ass and spin around all willy nilly? Like, especially if you're new here, like, must just look down on humanity like that. To that, I don't degree. think he's new here, though. I think this dude is newer, low key. Newer like, newer he, he could yeah. be.
1: He could be something. Yeah, you know what
0: yeah, I'm yeah. And 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 if and if we get like, you know, you you want to know what you're right. I don't think Nabafu would give us that. Um would give us that moment on page 17 where it's like he said he was new, but he kind of seems to know a little bit more than he really does. So maybe he has been here for a while and he's acting like a tourist for reasons that we, you know, don't obviously know yet. But I guess it, um, I guess it wouldn't, it, the tourist thing mixed with, you know, this little conversation that they had here just made me see like, okay, so he's not like brand new, but maybe he's been here yeah. for a little bit longer than he says. And he's lying about that for a specific reason, but there is the possibility that he could have just been here forever and he's lying about all of this
1: for a crazy plot that will unravel a little bit later, but either way. But, you know, yeah. sometimes, you know, it's sometimes better to operate under the, you know, the philosophy of, it's not that deep, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. This dude looks like you could just, like, punch him in his fucking little sack of a head and just rock yeah, his Yeah, just brain pop like, his shit like a grape. If... the fuck out of here. Go Moo, <laughs> Go Moo, <laughs> no. What? <laughs> <laughs> Yo and his <laughs> shit Yeah. Know. Uh but I, I guess the last thing is like I do like this, you know, the kind of sentimental moment between Tatsumi and Ginji at the end of the chapter where, you know, he says after Tatsumi was kind of floundering, like, look, it is okay to kind of like lean on the seniority and the knowledge of your Senpai. You know, like we're here mm-hmm. to we're here to teach you, we're here to guide you. Um, and that kind of ends on this scene where tatsumi asks ginji for help setting up the computer that he denied help setting up at the end at the beginning of the chapter which feels really good yeah and then they kind of take a little little nice ride in the car
0: home yeah yeah and it, it feels very um you know even though we obviously can't relate to a situation where we work for you know um an alien defense and research for uh, firm you know what i mean like obviously that's not relatable to us but just like being working people in general you know what i mean like the camaraderie
1: you know, of the workplace is yeah. a very
0: relatable thing you yeah know? for real especially with the way that they're kind of like acting in their in their dialogue and their body language and their demeanors with each other it feels very much like i just got here this dude like might not like me a whole lot right now but it is his responsibility to show me the rope so he's being cool enough but like I'm, I'm excited to see like what their interactions look like later and later as they get to know each other a lot better yeah. because Nabafusai kind of has this like awkward first couple of days at work. We got to show this guy around kind of vibe like nailed down. So like if it's if it, if it feels this good on this level, it's going to feel that much better once they actually like thoroughly care for each other. And I'm excited to see that. And I'm invested yeah. in the future of that because of chapters like these. You know, showing us their kind of like first interactions together, then their next round of interactions together, yep. where they're kind of like starting to, you know, come around and get more familiar and whatnot with each other. It feels really good as far as the pacing goes. And I love that we slowed down for a couple of chapters to kind of show us what the alien life is like on Earth or Foreign Affairs 5 in this way, this more mundane way, because we know the action is going to discontinue. To get crazier and crazier as the series goes on. So you want to put this stuff kind of in the beginning so that like I was saying earlier the world just feels that much more real. Mhm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I it, yeah, like yeah. you were saying it's it's super relatable the the workplace thing super humanizing for them and this is like exactly how it goes like where it's kind of this is kind of the early stages of of a new job where you got these coworkers and 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 they don't know you, you don't know them. You're kind of you know yeah. Just trying to bridge that gap. Like, oh, what's up bro? You need help setting up that computer? Yeah. And, you know, it's exciting to think about later on like you said as they get to know each other what their interactions will be like down down the line in the future like maybe, you know, I'm excited to potentially get this conversation where Genji actually does talk about his ex-girlfriend right. talks to me. and and they kind of you know, bond right. emotionally yeah. much deeper, you know. Right. And the conversations yeah conversations with shiraku or um yeah. what's the hat girl's name you know right right well, nah, we'll i have can't all, exactly we'll have them all her,
0: memorized yeah. eventually yeah it's still pretty yeah. early but we'll, well i bet you the next time we get scenes with her it'll it'll stick but but yeah bro like having just having like the relationship seed of this last page like i should never take the expressway It reminds me of my ex-girlfriend and it's like if they decide to talk about the ex-girlfriend you know like next chapter for some reason i know he says you know can i ask about that and he says no absolutely not and that's good because you definitely want to like leave that dangling because that will be payoff later the longer you kind of leave that dangling and the more you kind of reference it before you actually give the legitimate dialogue monologue scene whatever where he goes into his ex-girlfriend because we're eventually going to get that but it's all about like when you know what i mean and right you know, like Oh, it's gonna be down the line. Yeah, and, and I hope that it is down the line because like it's it's too common, I feel like, where you get a situation like this where it's like I should never take the expressway, it reminds me of my ex girlfriend, and then they imme- <laughs> and then they immediately go into the oversharing of that thing and it's like, dude, I just met you like last week. Oh. Like, you know, like I don't know. It's just it just feels better when you kind of like lay that thread down and let it dangle. And then maybe reference it a couple more times at yeah. later, you know, various points in the story before you
1: actually commit to it. And it'll make it feel that much better. So, Yeah, well, it's, it's like you get to know a coworker, you know, he says this and you just kind of leave it there. I just think of like, I don't know, I related back to my own, you know, I personally am somebody who in every workplace I've been in, like, coworkers were the best thing for me. Yeah, you know, I, sure. I I love I've always loved my coworkers. I love people. I love talking to my coworkers and just like I get to know them really well. Mm-hmm. Whenever I leave a job, I get really really sad. Yeah, about like the fact that I'm not going to see the people that I've talked to every day. Right. You know, for the last fucking three years, whatever. Yeah. yeah. You know, probably ever again unless I go out of my way to. Yeah, those are the um, kind of
0: situations that like almost immediately become nostalgic to you as soon as you're in, <laughs> as soon as you're in a new environment you know what i mean because it's like you when you have that you know friendship or family dynamic that is built at a certain place it becomes like truly sentimental to you and becomes a part of your heart and your soul and whatnot and then even if you hate the job and you had to quit because of like really shitty reasons or whatever you got fired or something as soon as you go into your new job that being introduced to that new group of people will automatically make you you know miss the old situation like right away and it immediately becomes nostalgic like damn you start thinking about like you know how the fucking air smelled the last time you worked at that like last job and shit you start thinking of like all of the good times and whatnot it just becomes like nostalgic right away even though it was maybe just a month ago that you were in that environment and now you're at your new job and it's like oh i miss my family (laughs) yeah but then
1: you're like i'm making way better money fuck that job (laughs) (laughs) anyways but so yeah, like I said, I like I love my coworkers a lot. You know, when I left my first job, my very first ever job, like I got so attached to my coworkers, and I just like got so sentimental about that being my first job. I don't know why, but when I left my first job, I legit like as I walked up to my car the last day on my last day, I kind of like looked back yeah. and I like shed tears. Yeah, looking at the building at my last time going away from it, I yeah. was like, man, fuck
0: the fucking um,
1: incredible whole TV show ending theme starts playing with the and shit, <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> and so like just being myself i'm thinking about this situation like if i were taught to me i'd be like okay like you let this lie but then a couple months down the road when you get to know each other better you're like what's up bro like with that girlfriend situation like i ain't seen you with the chick yeah all right you doing good like you go through a bad breakup what's up and like i don't know i just can't wait to get more of these interactions man it feels like it feels like you know naba is is leaning into this kind of stuff yeah so i hope that we see more of these you know wholesome kind of character yeah. interactions in the future that that build these relationships and shit
0: you need this kind of stuff in a, in a world that's going to be like this is a series that like right away just from the title shouted world building to me you know what i mean as soon as i got like you know the men in black vibes and knowing that it was like an interstellar sci-fi story i was like okay what other worlds are we going to what's this mm-hmm. world like etc cetera, etc cetera. and so like when something like that says world building it's you're going to like want to keep an eye out for like really impressive you know, um, uh, examples of it, examples of world building and whatnot. And it's hard to notice the world building, if any, in a series, if all you're doing is going back-to-back villain of the week, alien threats and action over and over again. Even if you do get little bits of lore and, like, you know, world building dialogue kind of, like, peppered in, it still can kind of, like, take away from, you know, that effect of actually pulling you into, you know, the story's universe. You know what I mean? And when when you... really take a moment like okay we just came out of a crazy assassination plot let's take the next couple of chapters to show what mundane foreign affairs five work is like and build this world without that action there to distract you it makes it feel that much better from a world building perspective and that's Mm -hmm. literally like exactly what a story like aliens area needs right now so yeah yeah in my opinion obviously but
1: yeah, yeah I, I think i agree yeah yeah love the chapter um, I think though that's yeah yeah i think that's about all i had for this chapter of aliens area though man i feel yeah. like we fucking this was a low-key yeah. banger of a chapter with like how uneventful it was right 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 <laughs> that's just
0: that's just right. how that's just how good the writing is you know what i'm saying we get a 20-minute mm-hmm. conversation out of a a, a, a a chapter that was literally all dialogue and yeah. it, like literally just like interpersonal like we got a little bit of world building like we got to we got like you know some things here and there but it was really just like the genji and tatsumi show and it gave us a
1: species of alien it looks like but yeah yeah yeah, you're right genji and tatsumi show for real it gave us a lot to talk about i'm happy about it but that'll do it for me i don't know man i feel like motherfuckers are sleeping on naba man i see a lot of slander (laughs) aliens area man yeah i mean he's a new jack
0: you know what i'm saying like people are going to assume a bunch about a series that feels this familiar and reminiscent to like other things that's just like going to come with like any new ip that is going this hard with its with its inspiration you know what i mean and, and its influences and whatnot so i mean like the, the surface level shit is always going to be there but mm-hmm. um but i mean like i think that you know and, and nabafusa is, is a pretty new guy like i don't know of any other work that he's done besides harakiri gomen which like wasn't even like a true serialization i think it was like three were or they four chapters or i don't know if they were an assistant for anybody either you know what i'm saying so he's like just like relatively unknown You know what I mean? So it's like, you got a new Jack in the city with a story that, yeah, with a story that, you know, is a lot of people's introduction to the mangaka, and they're taking a very, you know, familiar um, route with, you know, the concept for their story. So like, yeah, I I already knew like right away, as soon as I read the first chapter, I was like, surface level Twitter is not going to fuck with this. (laughs) But, you know, we just got to let him cook and see if he can sway the hearts of those haters eventually.
1: Hmm. I don't know how you couldn't love men in black the manga. As long as he does, you know, gets in his bag and kind of does it like quote unquote like right, you know, Mm -hmm. who's to say what right is, you know you would you would say that like right, right is how the author envisioned the story being told, but there there are, you know, objective storytelling arguments to be made in terms of like what's good, what's bad, what right, I don't know, based on past patterns but and it, a lot of it
0: is just like it's the, all up the,
1: to interpretation right
0: it is all up to interpretation and i feel like a lot of it is just like the axe history of weekly shonen jump inside of like you know like a lot of people you know feel like they have an idea of like what will make it and jump and what will be successful so mm-hmm. when they see something like this you know like i can i could totally see people being like oh no it's too derivative it's too you know like it's 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 too gimmicky you know what i'm saying this is this this is gonna get axed for sure and then like because of that axe history kind of influencing their perception of like what a good and successful, you know, manga in Weekly Shonen Jump looks like or feels like, people will be quick to kind of like dismiss something that doesn't immediately have those qualities in their mind. You know what I mean? So I I get that
1: too. But I'm loving it. I'll just say, you know, to anybody who thinks they know what's gonna get axed and what isn't gonna get axed. I can guarantee you there was people in the first 10 chapters of One Piece who were saying, this is fucking trash. This is the worst (laughs) manga ever. This is going to get axed in fucking three weeks. Fuck this shit. Maybe. Look at you now. Yeah. People were saying that shit with My Hero. Yeah. People were saying that shit with JJK, One Piece, fucking all these mangas. Pretty much everything. Chill the fuck out. Yeah, pretty much Chill the fuck out. Give everything its little shot. It's fair shake. I can't remember the last time I saw a new series
0: come out in Weekly Shonen Jump that everybody was positive was going to be good and successful, you know what I mean? So there's always that, too. (laughs) Like, the last one that I saw people, like, really excited about was, like, Red Hood, and even in those comment sections there was still, like, 20% of people, like, eh, nah, this shit's getting axed, and it's like, damn. (laughs) But anyway,
1: I'm good in this area. That's good for me as well. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into the second chapter of the night. Chapter 81 of Sakamoto Days. Test. Sakamoto. And, uh, I like the way this little, I like the way the chapter starts off with kind of a little tit for tat. Yeah. Um, between Shin and Satota Sensei about like the database slur, um, his, you know, relative power level in the grand scheme of things, basically telling him he's like dust in the wind, you know. Mm-hmm. So like she's like, what the fuck do you even want to learn about this database for? Because somebody like you is just going to get clapped as soon as you yeah. step into a position of anybody fucking formidable in your fucking face, bro. Right. so What are we talking about? Right. Um. But <laughs> fuck with I your like ambition, how... but like you ain't ready for all this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like how it culminates to this kind of little challenge from satota Sensei. That if Shin can even land one blow on her, um, you know she'll give him it She'll give him information about the database, which yeah. like she does hint like. Okay, I know about this shit. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you and I don't have to cuz you can't force me to, bitch. Right. right. You got to you got to
0: put your hands on me and then we could talk. And that's always like such a cool test. I feel like that's a yeah. very common used very often um, kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, uh, a hurdle that, you know, a character yes. will give another, you know what I mean? Like if you can land even one hit on me, then I'll do whatever it is you want. And it's like, okay, so we have a very clear goal in mind. We're going to get what we want if we do that thing. But why are you creating a condition that sounds so easy? Oh, it's because you're fucking mind-blowingly raw and cold. And I have actually yes. no chance of doing this. It's like, um... Sakuna versus Jogo in Shibuya yeah. incident like if you can land even one hit on me then I'll do what you say um the fucking yeah, the be- I, the what is it the ball test in the hunter exam with fucking yeah. you know Netero and Kilua and and uh and Gon or even Gon and, when, gone
1: yeah. and uh... Um, Hisoka. Yeah,
0: Gon and Hisoka, if you can land a hit on me, then then I'll take your badge back. Or I'll take the badge back, yeah, from from Zeville Island or whatever. And then even the fucking bell test in Naruto, it's all like Mm -hmm. the same shit and it never gets fucking old. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's
1: what I was saying, like, I love how we're seeing these like, kinda, these old sensei, these old head veteran sensei tropes from Satota sensei. And the reason I love it so much in particular is because like, all the cases you just named you know 90 percent of them far and away probably are like male examples and i love yeah. that we're seeing these that kind of little bit of subversion from sakamoto days where we're seeing all those tropes in a female character which is something we don't see too yeah. often yeah wow. i feel like the only other example i can really think of is genkai
0: i don't even think genkai did anything like this though but Genkai definitely um, is, you know, a female character in that position, which is unorthodox. But I don't even think that Genkai had a, like, if you can land even one hit on me, Yusuke, you know, then I'll, you know, I don't think we ever got that moment from her. But it is cool that you yeah. pointed out how rare this situation is, because I legitimately didn't even
1: think about yeah. it. I talked about it on a previous show. I think you were you were off of it, you know, yeah. back back thrown out. I think it was just me and Melo, and I was, yeah. I was mentioning how I love that we're seeing these these tropes inside of a, a character. That we normally wouldn't see him inside of, in, in that she's a female. Yeah. So, yeah, I can't wait. I've been loving Satota and I yeah. just can't wait to see more of her going forward. Another
0: thing to that point, too, like, I agree with you wholeheartedly about this character 100%. But another thing that just kind of, like, came to mind after you said how rare it is that we see this kind of situation in a woman in manga. Um, it's also the dialogue, too. Like, I teach children how to be killers, page four. I teach children how to be killers, yeah. but I don't want my students to die we were attacked by him before even family isn't off limits to him i want to know how he wound up like that or wait, i think that might be shin saying that actually that was
1: shin saying yeah yeah
0: but either way um wait so is that wait is this him saying i don't want to see the people i care about die that's why i'm here
1: right after that she says i'm surprised he can speak this has to really hurt because she had his arm jacked all the way the fuck up. Yeah,
0: okay, 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 okay. So, so I, I, after that, I. Yeah, I thought that all of this was her dialogue.
1: Um, everything after she says, but I don't want my students to die, and Akira yeah. says, shin, and his little dot, dot, dot. I think everything after that is him speaking, and especially because um, Satoda has this little tiny ellipses dialogue yeah yeah dot 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 she's kind of just taking in what he's saying
0: yeah yeah no matter how dangerous it might be i don't want to see the people i care about die that's why i'm here yeah i'm surprised he can speak yeah yeah, yeah, for sure okay because i um man wait a minute isn't there there was another point of dialogue right where she's like it's crazy because i raise killers from birth but i don't want any of my students to die like she like repeats the the shit again i thought
1: Oh, well, no, I believe she just says that on, um, I teach children, it's ironic, I teach children how to be killers, but I don't want my students to die, she says on page four.
0: On page four, wait, 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 four, and... Oh, okay, yeah, 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 there we go, there we go, okay, so I thought, okay, I'm like all over the place with this chapter, I totally (laughs) thought that the I teach children how to be killers, but I don't want my students to die dialogue came, um came later. <laughs> like, I thought, like, she kind of, like, reiterated it, like, multiple times. That's why, like, the point uh-huh. of what I was saying is is that, like, she's giving, like, kind of, like, main protagonist dialogue as a brand new character in, like, an old, you know, sensei, like, kind of position, and it just felt, right. like, so youthful and so you know um tenacious you know like like a main character would say but now i'm seeing that shin is the one that's actually saying all of these things and it's like oh okay well there you go it's literally the main <laughs> protagonist saying these things <laughs> okay yeah. so scratch that thought
1: i guess but <laughs> yeah but either way um another thing uh this is something me and that mellow and i had talked about on a previous show like we we're talking about um we we're kind of hoping to see maybe shin attempt to read her mind and maybe we would learn about uh, high level assassins having a skill that blocks their minds from being read or the ability to block their mind from being read. Right. And as much as I would have loved to have kind of learned about something like that yeah. Um, or learn about the database as soon as possible yeah. I also really do love to see kind of Shin's resolve here in this situation too. Yeah. Instead yeah. of trying to take the easy way out with his ability he resolves to you know he really takes her dialogue to heart in terms right. of like him. She, she tells him like, honestly, like, bro, you're, you're not shit. Like you see me folding you effortlessly. Right. Right. Um, and I'm, and I'm a fucking teacher. Like I'm yeah. not even like, I'm not even, like I'm, I'm not even in the field like that. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, I'm so retired. in the field like that. Exactly, bro. So like, so I love his resolve in terms of saying like, I'm not going to read her mind. I'm really going to try and see this through and, and win her challenge. Honestly.
0: Yeah. And that's so crazy I, to me. Cause I remember like as soon as she gave up, any like hint that she knows what's good with this library i was like oh she's getting her mind read right now i was like you you blew it you shouldn't even uh you know let the cat out of the bag a little bit because my man's about to just get all that info right now and then like finding out that shin was like i don't want to over rely on my mind reading i was like okay like that's that's good i guess for like the plot because you don't want to give us this information you know, earlier than when it's going to be, you know, mind-blowing, big reveal kind of like situation or whatever. But at the same time, it's just weird that it came, that it was kind of like delivered in this way of Shin deciding not to to read the mind. Because I'm like, okay, yes, honor and, you know, for the sake of your own growth and like not wanting to over-rely on like extra you know, normal, you know, situation of your mind reading to get information that you need, like whatever, like that all sounds good. But one, that's your fucking bread and butter. That's what you fucking do. And two, this is fucking Slur. This is not a game. This is not a motherfucker that you can just, you know, kind of honor and pride your way through for the sake of the growth and development of your character. Like this motherfucker killed like 70% of your organization recently. (laughs) Like, like literally like that was a plot point that Slur was assassinating assassins in mass. You know what I mean? Like, that's a big deal. And I feel like not enough people that we've seen kind of care about the progress that he's made, like, as an antagonistic force, like, in the series. Like, even this lady was like, what's the big deal about that slur guy anyway? I don't know. He killed, like, most of y'all the other day. How about? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, cool. You know what I'm saying? You're you're an old, grizzled, you know, retired, you know, assassin that don't give a fuck about shit and not too many people can fuck with you. Like, that's cool or whatever. But slur is a big deal like in your world and should be to you in my opinion and like this whole like i'm not going to read the the mind and get the information that we need to stop this dude as soon as possible for honor question mark just felt like kind of like weird to me but it's not that it's necessarily honor and
1: i know you're spitting you do have good points yeah i think the biggest thing and really the main thing is you know for the sake of his personal growth i think that's really the only reason And I think if he, if think, I think maybe if he were aware of some of the other factors at play, like in terms of Omane also looking for the um, database to destroy it on behalf of Slur, yeah, maybe he would be more inclined to try and just like read the mind of, you know, Satota Sensei here and just try and get the information as quick as possible. Right. And it's like shit. But being that that he thinks he's kind of just, that he's kind of just vibing and that he has time and that, you know. Yeah. While Sakamoto only has 24 hours, he really has kind of as long as he needs in his mind to find this database and really just go through this school experience and grow at the same time. Sure. And so, and that makes it—that sounds it's good. really for the sake of his his own personal growth. Yeah. And and I I do I I kind of do think that, like I said, if he were aware of some of the other factors at play, he yeah. would be more inclined to take the easier way to get to the information more quickly. Right. And possibly that will happen when he does become aware that Amane is also looking for the um. Yeah. For the database. Yeah. Maybe that's why Natsuki decided to get involved because maybe he was a fly on the wall to a situation where he learned oh, that Amane is looking mm-hmm. for the database and yeah. now he's about to come in and tell them, like, look, we really got to get this fucking database as quick as possible because
0: slurs on it too yeah slur is um a big is a big deal that should be like taken super serious and and if it's all for the sake of you know shin's personal growth if he thinks that he has the time to do it this way and whatnot then that's like great for shin but at the at at the end of the day it's going to also say to me like this is still him showing areas of improvement and growth that he still needs so like even Mm -hmm. though he's sitting here going like hey you know i want to i want to not read the mind of this lady and get the information that this whole arc is fucking about you know what i mean i'm going to get it you know in a in a different way that you know makes me feel better about how i accomplish the goal that is awesome for shin in a vacuum but like there's also that in the back of my mind like you are really naive if you think that you get to operate this way when slur is the fucking villain right now like you literally all just saw what he could do in person shin was there you know what i mean like he was he was there when the old man takamura fought gaku like in the in the building and whatnot like that whole arc shin was front row center for so he should know that this is like like he should have felt the 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 threat potential of slur then you know what i mean like it would make a lot more sense if maybe shin wasn't there and only got this information secondhand from sakamoto You know what I mean? But like you saw the guy (laughs) and not nobody has, you know what I mean? So like not only are you a part of a very small percentage of people who even know who this person is and looks like and what he looks like and whatnot, but like you saw the damage that he dealt and I'm pretty sure they know that he was behind the um, Shania situation from the exam art prior to this. So it's like, there's just so many things that Shin should be worried about in regard to slur to where he maybe shouldn't be trying to take a chill, take my time and do it a cool way you know kind of approach to this in my opinion well but.
1: i think he is considering that maybe a little more than you're giving him credit for or maybe, maybe more than i even was giving him credit for based yeah. on how like i kind of originally worded it
0: yeah yeah yeah. i think
1: maybe it's a situation where like he does know that this is a you know this is a situation that we need haste in yeah but like, like he's thinking, and like Satota Sensei said, like he's a fucking tadpole in a big pond mm, right now. Yeah. yeah and yeah, so yeah. he's between a rock and a hard place, where while he also while while he does need to get this information as quickly as he fucking possibly can, yeah. he also needs to get these and get in and fit these moments of growth in where he can. Yeah. So that when it does come to the you know the culmination of the big events, right? He's ready to stand with the big dogs. You know what I'm saying? It's just crazy because he is the main character at the end of the day, and so yeah. He does got to get this growth where he can, and he does right. also know that Slur is, you know, it trying to infiltrate the JCC and shit right from the right. exam mark based on, you know, the fact that they were kind of trying to get people in there and recruit yeah. some of the people that were in the exam and shit, but... Yeah, it's just um, it's just wild. That... I get where you're coming from for sure. Like, yeah, yeah. I just I just wish that
0: it felt a little bit more like organic. Like, maybe not have Shin run into the person who has all of the information, so that we're not asking why doesn't he just read his mi- read their mind. You know what I mean? Because it's like I don't know. It, it just it just feels a, a tad bit contrived to me. And also, why is Satota even trying to act like this is a, a a a guppy in the shark tank kind of situation? Like, when was the last time? you know, an antagonistic threat dealt this much damage to your organization. And I know that we are not kind of already like, like spoke on this point or whatever, but it's like the, the amount of damage that Slur did to their organization in that amount of time. It's like, does that kind of shit happen to you guys often? Because like, I want to <laughs> assume that like, this is the first time that this many of your people have been killed at once in i don't know i want to it's at least a while i mean we obviously don't have the entire history of the jcc or whatever but it's like that is just like such a big event in my opinion and i feel like no one cares about it in this series (laughs) and it's like oh my god i like how like what is the history of this organization been then if something like that doesn't even ruffle the feathers of the older of the older members you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so maybe it's not you know an issue that she's treating Slur like it's not a big deal despite what he's accomplished. But um, it just means that we just need more information on the history of the CC, or at least I would like it. But um, Shin, yeah, Shin not reading the mind isn't the biggest deal in the world, especially if we're considering the fact that he's still, you know... um, rather greenhornish in this field and is still learning Mm -hmm. a lot you know what i mean it's it's great for him personally as a character but in the overarching like grand scheme of things it makes him feel really naive to me and that's why i i said what i did about how it felt um kind of contrived that he just made this decision despite having the person he's looking for right in front of him with the information that the arc needs but i mean whatever shin shin's got grown up to do that's fine we know that already
1: yeah, you. There are fair points that he made that it, you know there yeah. is some naivete in it, and there is some, yeah. con, con, what, contravity? Contrivance. Contrivance to it. Contrivance to it the, you know, I think that's the word. Contrivance. Contravity, contrivity, contrivance. Contriv- um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like you said, he's he's, but you know, and like I kind of talked about, it, he's just he's got to he's got to grow a lot in a very short amount of time, and yeah. he's very fucking green right now. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I'm just like looking up, uh, God, what was I Just like searching or like for the for the last scene or whatever. And there's still a lot more of this chapter that we have to talk about, obviously. But I just yeah. like went to the last page or whatever. Like, <laughs> this guy, and when I saw, I him, thought it I was. Just, I was trying to look him. I was trying to look him up. Seba, Seba, Seba. Seba, yeah,
1: Siba, Natsuki, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah Seba Natsuki. That's um, I, I thought it was for.
1: hilarious that fucking even Sakamoto got fucking like PTSD when Shin yeah. brought up uh, Satota Sensei. Yeah, he was like, oh. You know, you should be able to handle a, a teacher pretty easy. They're, mo, mo, you know, they're, they're hoes. And he's like, which one is it? And he was like, I think it was uh Satota sensei. He's like, yeah. He's like, back to, things back to him and fucking uh, um, Nagumo and, Nagumo all fucking and Rion. Like, mm-hmm. And then Rion sitting there like ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Nagumo's like, get her, get her,
0: too. get her ass too. What the fuck? Yeah. Like...
1: Uh, It was was funny as fuck. I love
0: how Akira was on go, like, right away, too. He was like, what's this? An assassination permission slip. It's a license to target a specific person at the JCC for 24 hours. We use them for seniors taking their graduation tests. Oh, there's the bell. Good luck. Bye. And then Paige turned into Akira, like, where are you going? (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay, lady, let's fucking go. Yeah, and I
1: love the dialogue that we get from Akira later in the chapter about um the pathways yeah she was like that teacher's really good i couldn't see a pathway at all pathway shin's like oh yes you know what the fuck are you talking about she basically goes into it like she basically kind of sees these pathways yes almost like um what the- swordsman i i'm um, you're talking about Demon Slayer. You're there. talking about
0: Demon Slayer, and you're talking about yes, like the,
1: the thread, the thread uh, line, Tanjiro's threads. Yeah, you know? yeah. So she kind of has an ability similar to Tanjiro's threads where she can see a pathway to like critical hits or you know yeah. hits that would kill an opponent.
0: Yeah, and it's and cool the like, way that the imagery When she was
1: farther away. Is... Yeah, I could see a bunch of pathways, but up yeah. close, I couldn't see any, just a clip.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> the the image, the imagery is like already like speaking to me in regard to this like passive you know ability that that akira seems to have as far as like seeing legitimate routes to kill your enemy visualized in front of you with these threads and it's like yeah from this distance when i can't feel their immense fucking malicious intent and experience and, like, pressure wave that we know that Satoda is emanating and, and radiating there or There looks whatever. to be a pathway. Yeah, it's like, okay, so from this distance, it's like, yeah, I could see, like, four or five different ways to kill this bitch. And then, well, once I get up on her, it's like all of those things vanish, and it's just a fucking chasm. It's a fucking, like, precipice and, like, a, and says, a <laughs> steep drop. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, so I actually had no chance to kill her at all now that I'm now that I'm up on her. And it, that's this really cool if that's like a assassin thing, or if it's just an Akira thing, that's that's a really cool thing to think about. This is the first time that we've kind of seen it, obviously, because this is the first time that we've really, like, I feel like we haven't gotten like, um, I mean, besides Sakamoto, well, actually, I guess a lot of high-level assassins have kind of like fought at this point in the series, but we haven't really gotten like an introspective like POV of like, exactly how they're interpreting the situation it's just raw action and they're just doing things but akira is like who we're kind of like focusing in on and getting her thoughts for so it makes sense that we get this kind of like look into you know her her perception of of things and whatnot but i do wonder if this is a thing that like assassins can just do like if this is just like an aspect of assassination or if it's just an akira thing
1: i think we get hints that it is here because uh we get this uh, this chilling moment on page 17 here where akira kind of sneaks up on her and she's like i see it and then she's like oh wait that's a pathway to me getting killed yeah right in between those awesome. two panels yeah satota sensei says that line and she says you see something don't you yeah. right after that just when she realizes like oh shit, that's the pathway to me getting killed yeah. so that's a hint that like either uh satota sensei you know can also perceive these pathways yeah and that's why she said something about it, or maybe um it's just her saying like oh you think you maybe, got an opening oh no 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 no." <laughs> yeah. or maybe no maybe the past uh what was the cure in the past name rion i forget her name rion maybe rion also had a similar ability that satota sensei kind of also knew about that she yes. talked about in the past yes and so she says oh you so you, you think you see something huh yeah you have that you have that bloodline like you yeah. think you got a pathway yeah that or she can perceive it herself and that, that it is something that high level assassins can just access and maybe yeah akira just has access to it due to like innate you know yeah. uh skill level but yeah yeah either way i think it would it would be tight if she, yeah, if you're she right. had you're right the past knowledge due to a past student or yeah. if she could do it herself i it think you be- have a
0: really good point because i completely like already forgot that like rion was a, a, a disciple of satoda at one point so it makes sense that if this is a bloodline trait a keke genkai if you will if (laughs) if this is if this is something that you know akira rione and anybody else you know in their tribe ilk clan whatever um can kind of do then it would make sense that satota would know about it because she trained rione so i think it's either that or it is something that, you know, higher-level higher, higher level assassins just have access to passively, just, you know, from being in the field for as long as they have, or just, like, being natural-born killers, whatever. You, however you want to explain that, that makes sense, too. But I also, sure. like, thought it could also just be Satota-sensei is that cold. She can feel the, like, emotional intent behind anyone stalking her, and can yeah. just feel, you know, because of her experience, that Akira is not only behind her— but also thinks that she has an opening to kill her. And that's why she's mm-hmm. making a comment like, oh, you think you got, you think you, you think you can, you know. But I think that the dialogue, you know, feels a lot better with what you said because she specifically says, you see something, don't you? Which heavily implies one of the other two options and not like the, she's just cold and, you know, knows that Akira is trying to take advantage of what she thinks is a weakness or a blind spot. So yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Oh my god, the yeah, chopsticks like, though. When Shin was like sticks. she's got both of her hands full, I'm pulling up. Bink. Yo, that would and, kill. and seems to like maybe even like fracture one of the like knuckles or like like you know, index finger bones or something because she tonks and then he's like, oh and then there's like a jolt of pain. There's not like a crack sound effect or anything. So maybe maybe it's literally just pressure. The squeeze hurts that much. But like you never know in an assassination school like they might just break your bones and not care
1: <laughs> yeah, right no yeah. definitely they'll do they'll clap students we yeah. literally got the fucking teacher that was about to clap oh, yeah, the yeah. fucking um shin yeah. or akira I can't remember which one of them like he was literally like pulled out the blicky like put it to his dome, yeah, and was literally about to blow his brains out so like casualties are like shit yeah, a a, a regular thing in this course, yeah you know, for it's sure. brutal. Yeah. i'm pretty sure we got dialogue that like a certain large percentage of the students like literally don't make it through the program because like they die they just yeah. die
0: yeah or they quit um, and
1: leave <laughs> yeah because it's too brutal a program but yeah this this whole montage we get of like kind of the failed um attempts yeah. from akira and shin yeah we're funny as fuck man it's just like really showing how formidable and like kind of like indomitable Satoda sensei is like oh yeah she's really just chilling vibing just not even bothered like eating her ramen boom chopsticks his knuckle like that shit would hurt so bad I can't even get over that
0: she's got to be able to do shit like this otherwise it wouldn't warrant the response that we got from Sakamoto (laughs) you know what I mean like Sakamoto was just like oh my god it's Satoda like almost like that's the one teacher I didn't want it to be you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, well, no, for sure. Yeah, and so, like, you have to have her flex like this after a scene like that in order for us to really drive it home. Like, okay, Sakamoto was worried about this character, so she's got to be able reason. to do shit like this. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and I can't wait to see how uh, Natsuki's going to get involved because at the yeah. end of the chapter here, we get him also saying, like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get involved in this shit as well. So, I mean, his, his invisibility could definitely be a huge linchpin in yeah. the whole thing yeah um but if it's getting to feel kind of cheap man they they trying to three-on-one my girl now yeah, you know what i'm yeah. saying like yo chill <laughs> chill out like she's, y'all are yeah you know, easy mode now
0: she's probably with that shit she's probably like fuck yeah i haven't felt like this in a long time mm, like yeah bring it on she's be like yeah she's probably waiting for for characters or for um, new Jax with this, you know, level of potential to... I keep saying new Jax? I don't know why I keep saying new Jax. But she's probably waiting for, you know, newer people to to have this kind of energy towards her. It's probably been a while since she got to turn up, like, at all. You know oh, what yeah. I mean, so...
1: She low-key been missing uh, Taro and Nagamo.
0: Yeah, and this is gonna be... This is definitely going to be vibes like that, because if you look at it, it's like they're, like, similar aesthetics and character design to the yeah. whole team. Like, you got you know Seba who looks like Nagumo Akira yeah. obviously looks like Reon and then Shin is obviously you know fucking Sakamoto, Sakamoto junior yeah. yeah so it's just like cool how it's kind of she's probably got like all kinds of nostalgia waves pulsing through her shit like oh, yeah. oh man this takes me back these kids this this particular group of kids is taking For real, me she back. like hears them
1: sneaking up as they're eating the around as she's eating the ramen and she's just like yeah yade, yade. <laughs> yeah day yeah day yeah day yeah right yeah <laughs> Good grief, man. It's been a while since I had that. <laughs> <laughs> and then what what is she like?
0: She like shoulder checks Akira through the fucking wall or some shit. Oh no, bro. she just like whips her. She just like grabs her and throws her. <laughs> I thought it was like yes. a Shen body check from like Undead Unluck or something like that. But no, she just grabbed her and whipped her through the fucking wall. <laughs>
1: For real, bro. Yes.
0: I and I was like, damn, Akira... Kind of took that. She kind of ate that shit like effortlessly. I was like, "Damn, Akira, what else do we not know about you know your capabilities?" But then we found out that she just ran into Seba, and and he's low key like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when knocked out of him and shit. Yeah, he's like got her elbow
1: right to the diaphragm. Like, how is he even talking, bro? Yeah, for <laughs>
0: <laughs> <He would> be... <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even see the the position. Yeah, her shit is like right in his solar plexus. He's gotta have, <laughs> he's gotta have no oh, breath. He's
1: out of there. He's yeah. he's gonna need a
0: minute, bro. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Beautiful he's chapter like, though. Eat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's about all I had for this chapter though. It was yeah. it's a great chapter of Sakamoto, man, and I uh I'm I've been loving this JCC arc, man. This yeah this uh shinshine we've been getting. This shinshine. one of those, yeah, this one of those chapters that like
0: Really, just has everything that I love about Sakamoto Days in it. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, nobody died a, a brutal, gruesome death, which is something that you <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> you know, like that shit be happening in Sakamoto that Days. Be so it, doesn't, bro. it doesn't have everything that that Sakamoto Days has in it, but like everything that I love about Sakamoto Days is here. The comedy is on point. We got a cool flashback into like Sakamoto, you know, as a younger dude. Um, obviously, the choreography was insane. We got like the really intense you know, um, elder, you know, sensei vibe, you know, from Sissota that we all love in shonen manga. All of those tropes are there. Like, everything just feels like... And inside of the choreography, they're using, you know, everyday household objects and items to do, like, insane amounts of damage, which is also just a staple of of Sakamoto days at this point. Obviously, it's, like, probably one of the biggest things that you notice about it is, like, did she really just whoop his ass with chopsticks while eating ramen? Like, yeah. So, like, this is just you can tell where
1: sakamoto learned it from
0: right type shit (laughs) (laughs) or maybe that's just like a you know like a a general like if you're gonna be a fucking top class assassin you got to be able to kill anyone with anything like maybe that's just like a you know like something that everybody like has to learn to do i feel like that's an
1: assassin type like there's like you know there's the weapons types and then there's like the hand-to-hand types and then there's like just the fucking i'm gonna use whatever's around me like the improvisional types yeah 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 Yeah, for sure and that'd be cool if
0: we got like a, a a thorough you know expository breakdown of the different kinds of assassin classes i feel like we would get that in an arc like this if that was the thing but i think that they might just be going for you know the idea that like the best assassins Ooh. can just make anything a weapon and that's how you yeah, know that true. you've ascended to you know the top tier when it's like i could yeah. kill you with a fucking laptop or computer webcam or something like that you know what i right. mean like once you're there you're you've graduated or something Or with
1: just like a claw hammer and i'm not even bashing your skull in with it bro like the yeah. other chapter when fucking two like two chapters ago when shishida it's shishida Sh- yeah, right Sh- shishiba She's when Shishiba fucking like hangs Buddy up in the window, yeah, and uses his body as a meat shield. And yeah. He's like ah, da, 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 taking yeah. the bullets, and then he fucking yeah, smashes the other car with <laughs> Buddy in between. He's like, like it yeah. smush like a fucking toothpaste tube. Like, yo, <laughs> yeah,
0: this shit was fucking what the fuck, and amazing. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, this <laughs> yeah, chapter had all everything. Had for this chapter. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm good, man.
1: All right. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into third chapter of the night chapter 140 of a mission Yozakura family in the library and we start this chapter off with a color cover and it is such a fucking beautiful color cover man yeah, i cool love one. to see um i love to see izumo and kyoichiro in like such a different light yeah than we normally see them in with mm-hmm. such an intense like kind of oil painting portrait like color palette That just pops with so many different colors in the background. Like, there's a lot of kind of gray tones, but there's a lot of color lower in it. Yeah, and it's just, uh, it's nice to see the two of them kind of out and about in the town, man. And I I always love Gondyra's covers, man. The color covers that he puts out are always so fucking.
0: So much range. Like, I feel like none of these covers like really feel like or look like any other ones. Like, I feel like whenever we get a, a a cover, a color cover page, there's always such a I don't know throughout the history of them there, there just feels like so many desert, diverse styles of art you know what i mean like this one like you were saying like feels like an oil painting in the back it almost like kind of like aesthetically i don't know if, um how much time you spent on like fucking um you know like anime or manga like instagram or anything like that but i would always see like these edits you know that would come up from these accounts where they would take the render of a of a manga or an anime character cut it out and then put it over like actual photographs and like scenes and like you know from things that were taken by like actual You know cameras or whatever and so it'll be like goku in his like non-combat gear like sitting you know on a ledge and then like he's on like the the golden gate bridge or something like that you know what i mean like it feels like one of those edits just because of like how realistic the background kind of feels despite being so like blurry and kind of like I don't know, like, what the term is, like, saturation or, but, like, you, I don't know, like, I feel like I'd be seeing in, like, some video essays, sometimes it'll be, like, a stagnant image that will, like, erode away little by little, like, frame by frame, it'll, like, erode well, in, like, does, this blurry, saturated, you know, kind of, like, yeah. background blur. I feel like it, that it's that effect in the it background. It does look, like,
1: oversaturated and, like, things are bleeding into each other yeah. and, like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and it's cool because I don't think I've ever seen Kyoichiro in a single other kind of outfit, you know, besides like his regular, like you have his like current outfit with the suit. But then like even when he's younger he's still got like suspenders a white button up and slacks you know what i mean like even when you show Mm -hmm. him in different clothes he's still kind of wearing the same thing still keeping it tight but this is like straight up streetwear, and fucking the fucking chairman is drippy with this bucket hat and this hoodie (sighs) with the
1: yozakura sweater bro yeah
0: like that shit is that shit is crazy but then also like fucking seeing koichiro wearing something that like yusuke would wear out of combat in like Yu haka show is just like crazy he's got like kind of like an 80s ish like early 90s Vibe to it, and that's just like so, like avant-garde. I want to say for yeah. a character like Kyoichiro, but a beautiful fucking cover, color cover, regardless.
1: Hell yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and speaking of these two, we actually do get you know a ton of Izimol and Kyoichiro love this chapter, and we kind of get to explore the dynamic between them even further. Um, in terms of like the difference in their interpretation of how this book ended and mm-hmm. uh there was like yeah. a for tat argument based on you know that mm-hmm. so it's that's just such a genuine and hilarious moment that we get between the two of them
0: yeah it's tight um, that we and get I love that to see that oh.
1: character and relationship building from gondira you know we were talking about that in the aliens area segment yeah and you know it's just so great to see with these two characters especially because you know while we do kind of know a good bit about each character individually we haven't delved a lot into their relationship, which goes back to, you know, when they were children, they've been best friends for a really long time. So, right, right. To explore this dynamic even further, I'm definitely excited for.
0: And it's cool that we get to get this kind of situation where their, you know, relationship is being like more fleshed out in regards to their disagreements about you know the the story of um you know the the little intel seller or whatever like it's cool that like one you're flexing the capabilities of the gold rank spies by having such a dire situation that everyone should be worried about and in the meantime while they're kind of dealing with it in their own ways they're having a bickering wholesome you know kind of silly back and forth about like the contents of this book and like the narrative you know of of the little the little intel sellers so it's like okay so you're capable enough to deal with a threat of this magnitude in this way is just a really cool flex for the gold for these two gold rank spies but then also doubles as a good point of like character building and characterization and and relationship building between the two at the same time so it's just like serving multiple purposes at once which i just love to notice in these stories definitely
1: yeah Hell yeah um man buddy is cold though izumo is nasty i was just gonna say i kind of like it was so tight to see him just like methodically you know moving his way through the library you know using his clairvoyance to like instantly determine where the cores on these things are and just like slice right at him you know for instant just silent kills yeah and then even once he gets to the um um is it is it even clairvoyance though? It feels like he's
0: just like scanning these things and looking for irregularities in the human, you know, physiology. He's like well, it I looks mean, like he's like looking at them and can see like okay, these ones are are transformed and this is where their these, cores are. Yeah. Look at
1: these panel look at this panel on page uh 9 at the top yeah. left. I think I think nine. that's like highly indicative of some, you know, yeah. And it's been hinted at that like he has like kind of a clairvoyant sight like it's right. that's been so he can like see at, like, like
0: into the goes future. way back bit. to
1: not even that. It's That's what like,
0: clairvoyance is though. is okay, being able so I to like, guess I predict misspoke. the future. He's got like
1: yeah. well then he's got like an extremely high level of sight perception, I guess yeah. would be the best way to put it because that's yeah. what we've got from, you know, in the past like where he was able to see through kyoichiro's false skin and that his you know hands are all scarred the fuck up it goes way back to you know that's yeah. the reason why so it's,
0: it's it. more akin to like x-ray vision <laughs> almost yeah, like, yeah. yeah he's
1: got like kind of x-ray scan vision and so he's yeah. using that to methodically move through scan the cores yes, yes. and you know see where they're at and then in terms of even the ones he gets to like the parasitic sakuranbo who have actually taken over real people instead yeah. of just replicating their appearance Yeah, and he's able to fucking shear the fucking shit off their skin so precisely that he's like not even barely minimally cutting the fucking skin of the of the host yeah and that's that's like holy fuck bro that's so nasty i wonder if that's like
0: a if that's like a special you know kind of thing that he can do because it's him or if that's just like high level you know spy prowess you know what i mean because what if we find out that he was like an aspiring surgeon or something Back in the day, I think maybe Kyoichiro
1: could also do it. Yeah. Based on the maybe just the thinness of his wire, he could shear it off like that. But I think it is just kind of a testament to like Izumo's high level of perception, uh, perceptive ability and his high level ability, you know, with that fucking exacto knife, bro. Like this chapter just really to me solidified why Izumo is the head of the fucking spy association. Yeah you know why he is where he is because he's fucking got the he's got the skill to back right. it up and right. he's a fucking diplomat you know he can yeah. he can delegate these situations with all of these volatile personalities right and have them come to a diplomatic and amic- amicable end where everybody's still working together and not trying to kill each other
0: yeah and so just like, the effortlessness of like how he deals with the new information and mm-hmm. reacts accordingly because up until you know, old girl fucking reared back with the pistols and tried to shoot him, he was under the assumption that these things just transformed into people. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And he was operating under, you know, that kind of, of logic. You know what I mean? Like, this is what we're looking for, yada, yada. And he had a plan for it. And as soon as new information came out, like, oh, no, these things aren't yeah these things aren't just transforming into people they're also taking people over in a parasitic way too and the 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 way that he was able to deduce that in such a small amount of time and still continue to effortlessly deal with the issue says a lot about his capabilities and his role as chairman
1: because super uh, high
0: level of adaptability as well yeah right yeah it's just just frighteningly adept
1: on the uptake too and it's just like yeah but I am very, very excited to see what this, see what, like, I mean, shit, man. I thought this was the final phase, so I'm definitely excited to see where this shit is going, you know, what the real main phase of Momo's plan is now that they've found the bomb, and he seems to be, you know, he says, I bet they found it about now. Yeah,
0: I'm I was like, to, no fucking it's time way. To
1: begin. Yeah, I was and so, like, like, no. Shit. Yeah. Obviously again a testament to momo's level of planning and his level of skill in terms of like oh my god he's just fucking a beast ass spy as much as i want to hate him like you gotta just respect his fucking formidable formidability yeah or for i don't even know how what the you
0: said it right this dude is a fucking problem and it's like so genius the way that it's like kind of like presented to us because like there's a lot of mangaka that i feel like will lean you know in a couple of different directions as far as like okay your final boss is wildly powerful and there's nothing that you can do physically you know what i mean to deal with them but like maybe we don't get scenes where they're like on this level of like eyes and kenjaku you know planning you know or something yeah. like that you know what i mean or you get the reverse where you know it's like a like a, I don't know, like a Johan or something from from Monster. Even though he was like really homicidal and was killing people like willy nilly, like he had like it, it felt mm-hmm. like Naoki Urasawa put like you know most or all of the chips just into the mental genius and you know um planning you know area of of the villain and whatnot. But Momo Yozakura seems to have like the entire package the inside entire. A, inside of villainy. Like literally all of the check boxes are. All for a shonen villain, like str- you can't box him. He's he's fucking like uh, clinically insane in all of the creepiest and skin crawling ways that you can you know give to your to your villain. He's methodical. He's a genius. He's layered strategy. You know, kind he's of, thick kind as of shit. Guy. yeah, like yeah, and he's thick as hell. You know he's what I'm saying? So he's, he's the, he's the total package, man. Yeah,
1: bro. I feel like you know. I totally agree on all points he is such a fucking great antagonist man and uh he's full of surprises and he's fucking got this shit planned out to the t yes i'm loving it so much and i can't wait to get more momo shit yes and uh i'm still thinking he's about to get all up in gig his ass man i'm i'm thinking Melo, yeah right he was <laughs> yeah. the one that originally brought it up i'm yeah. thinking he's about to get all up in gig his ass bro yeah yeah all up in it. there yeah because it's like that's gotta he's be about to be on the chair like watching momo's gonna yeah. be like yeah, yeah, that's got to be a thing, because you
0: want to establish the idea that, like, none of these characters are actually safe when Momo decides Ooh. to press the button, you know what I mean? And, like, what's the one that feels the safest, the dude who's not even there, you know what I yep. mean? So you have to have Momo, you know, show that there's nobody that can, can fuck with him, no matter how safe they think they are, far, far away they think they are, hidden beneath fucking... You know miles of of uh, you know of ground and, yeah. and, and and bedrock and whatnot like there's nowhere that you can go like if he sets his sights on you it's not even unique. this you need to be worried Metal
1: night yeah. yeah like not even this metal night doctor whatever the fuck his name is ass yeah. motherfucker who never shows his face and only appears on a screen that nobody really knows where he's at yeah like he's Which even I on do. your
0: heels too buddy Which like i do yeah. i know
1: where your crib
0: is i'm yeah. in it yeah. right exactly. now because exactly <laughs> i'm sitting in your chair yeah and that just all goes you know guys
1: making an imprint
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's just it's just like you have to make your you know villain feel as overwhelming and scary as possible and to do that you can't have characters that are in his sights but safe from him so yeah. it makes sense that he would go after Giga um and and have go Daira make a point to say like no we got this guy too like Momo is that has, has it that covered that <laughs> yeah, like they not even to, the super like, not even the super secret guy in the chair is safe, yeah.
1: At the end of it, like they about to, it's gonna culminate to them like being led to the main corridor, the like the main chamber of the spy association where like that big ass screen is and then like Giga's about to be just like crucified. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like that would be there, you nuts. Know what I'm that would be fucking insane. Staked head on a stake or some shit, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's crazy ideas. that, like,
0: we're getting chapters, you know, with these gold rank spies and these just really high level spies, the highest level spies in this story's world. Um, we're focusing on that right now because if you look at a story like Sakamoto Days, which is very similar, you know, and, and it's crazy that they're back to back segments because Sakamoto Days, as far as its action goes with its high tiers, is very similar to Mission Yozakura Family with its high tiers, like the the, the choreography that we get from Izumo in this chapter feels like Sakamoto days <laughs> to me you know what i mean because it's like one this isn't this dude's like actual like fighting like ability ability you know what i mean like we know that Izumo hasn't shown us his entire bag in this chapter you know what i mean this is just right. him effortlessly with like you know basic fundamental spy shit just at the highest level flexing you know what i mean like this isn't his ultimate technique or whatever like if we do get like a full you know power fight from izumo he'll probably pull a bunch of fucking crazy shit out of his bag of tricks just personally as far as his abilities go and we're just not seeing that in this we're literally just seeing raw hand-to-hand effortless dealing you know with these with these bomb parasite things you know what i mean and yeah. it feels a lot like sakuma especially on like page 11 you know what i mean i like, was which, just going to say yeah. when he
1: fucking clogs the gun and chops him up that yeah. literally is sakamoto yeah it feels sakamoto 100% but, and
0: and like we've gotten scenes like this kind of in mission yozakura family but obviously it's not as much of a thing as it is in a story like sakamoto days because we're constantly focusing on you know a a high tier you know like one of the highest tier assassins in the world is a main character you know what i mean and i guess you can kind of say that like the family is all the main characters and whatnot but it's really been the 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 taro show you know what i mean like kind of like for a lot of the series was just like his growth and development in this new world so we didn't see a lot of super crazy high tier you know um spy action for a good chunk of the story and now that we're here at this gold rank spy arc everyone is kind of showing out in ways that feel reminiscent to the high tiers of, you know, um, Sakamoto days. And it makes sense, you know what I mean? Because, like, they're two very similar professions, and people at the highest echelon of these professions should be able to move this way. Like, I don't even have to use my ability. I can literally take this box cutter and do, like, you know, final fight choreography with it, (laughs) you know? And it's it's totally fine because I'm just that cold. Like, that's definitely, like, one of the you know the things about both series that is like really appealing to me is like how effortless these 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 upper echelon like members of this society kind of operate and it's just cool that we get that kind of like overlap yeah but oh, yeah i yeah, can't wait to see izumo actually activate though <laughs> yeah for sure but i don't think i had anything yeah, I else like for he the did... oh
1: yeah i feel like ahead. he did low-key activate a little bit here because on page 16 and 17 this double spread boy Mm -hmm. oh my god when he's chopping the flowers off right he said
0: (laughs) yeah and and he definitely did turn up but i mean like all he's using is an exacto all he's using is an exacto knife and as beautiful and as cool as it was like there's no named attack there's no superimposed you know um uh words that like talk about like what his ability is or anything like that and we know he has one that is going to be focused on in the same way as like the blossoms in the in the yozakura family or something like that whenever you are that tight you've got to have you know a kind of ability or at least a move set that the story is going to go out of its way to say this is the move of the character and we just haven't got that like from izumo yet so that's what makes me think that he has yet to truly activate but either way, like, yeah, he he was dancing on these niggas this whole chapter. It was sure. fucking hilarious. And without doing, without having, like, the special move or whatever. And that's just so tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Definitely. I think that's all that I had for Yozakura this week.
1: Yeah, same for me. All right, well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into third, fourth chapter of the night. Chapter 192 of Jujutsu Kaisen, Sakurajima Colony, Part 2. Yeah. Lit chapter, man. Hell yeah. Lady has a motherfucking titty. Yeah. And uh, I like, you know, we get, it, we get it reiterated again here at the beginning of the chapter, you know, um, in order to prevent somebody from becoming a cursed spirit after their death, you have to kill them with Jujutsu. Yep. Um, which obviously a did not Jujutsu happen. Or- yeah right. and it, and it wouldn't happening. have
0: it wouldn't have happened no matter what because if maki would have killed him or either way, know, yeah. or the mom would have killed him i think it would have still produced a um a vengeful spirit curse right? now yeah yeah but uh, but uh, but also maybe maybe not though because maki didn't have oh wait no 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 no. yeah this is after her rebirth as like the new toji so yeah she has absolutely zero cursed energy and what yeah so it, he would have he would have come back no matter what
1: <laughs> yep. yeah um and so yeah, I like the I don't know, I like the overall dynamic inside of this fight, right? Because we got these three characters that are that are very familiar with each other based on, you know, their past positions. Yeah. Um within, you know, kind of the three head families. Yeah. They've definitely had a lot of interactions with each other in the past. They have a certain um past viewpoints of each other that obviously culminated to the events that did happen. Yeah. And so the dynamic inside of this fight, like I said, is pretty enjoyable. You know, yeah, it's we a got cool period talking shit to Maki, yeah. talking shit to fucking Kashimo. Yeah. Um, and Kashimo overall, you know, I've loved his kind of not redemption arc, but like his downtrodden arc. Yeah. Like, where he's he's been dethroned, disgraced. You know, he tried to go he tried to pull back up and then make a play. Kenjaku already figured it all out and fucking sent him packing. Yeah. Just you know, just ashamed.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, super demoralized. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm yeah. I'm loving this fight overall. Me and too. And I'm loving the
1: Cursed now, man. He's fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that um, he knows motherfucker. Yeah, it's 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 interesting that uh, we get the information that it's a cursed womb, right? Because we've had a couple of examples of cursed wombs in the yeah. story so far, and I feel like they're all like pretty different circumstances for each one, right? Because I think the first time that we learned about de- uh, cursed wombs was uh like in regard like sakuna's fingers when they were like still in like a you know search for a new finger you know like every arc kind of like situation Mm -hmm. in the beginning or whatever i think that sakuna's fingers were you know created uh cursed wombs that became special grade curses that they had to fight like i think one of them was the one that megumi fights in the origin of obedience arc where they fight like Eso and Kechizu and whatnot like nobara and, mm-hmm. and and yuji are over there doing that and then megumi activates his domain expansion for the first time against that one special grade curse i'm pretty sure that was a cursed womb um so you have that situation then you have How like, about
1: the original special grade that they fought yuji and megumi the white motherfucker with like the fucking dreadlocks
0: uh yeah the one that took off like yuji's hand or whatever before he like died or whatever at the end of that arc I think that mm-hmm. might have been, a yeah, I think that was another example of a Sakuna Cursed Womb. Um, yeah, and then you have, like, the Dagon situation, and Dagon situation was different because he was just, like, a sentient Cursed Womb that was, his origins are, like, you know, not known or whatever, but it wasn't the same kind of situation where it was a Cursed Object that became wasn't, a Cursed Womb or whatever, but... Wasn't yeah.
1: Dagon, like, the sea? I thought he was with him, with their squad from the beginning. Like, we always saw, like, that little octopus kind of out. Mm-hmm. about like in, in scenes with them yeah he was but I thought he was like a primordial curse like yeah like uh, Jogo Hanami like you know how Jogo was like the lava the, the spirit yeah. the curse spirit of lava yeah you know Hanami yep. was the forest and then I thought yep. um Dagon was just kind of the sea you, you're right but
0: he was still a cursed womb and oh, and right. who knows if Hanami you know was a cursed womb too or if Jogo was a cursed womb too we don't know that but we specifically got dialogue from Naobito Because he beat the fucking shit out of uh out of Dagon and then Dagon puked up all of those fucking skeletons and whatnot. And that's when Nabito was like, Oh, I get it, you're a cursed womb. And then he like shed his exterior and then became like the Cthulhu Dagon that we got for the rest of that fight or whatever. So like that's a wildly different circumstance for a cursed womb than the than the cursed object, Sakuna finger cursed wombs that we were used to. And then now well and then obviously you have the cursed womb death paintings with uh, you know, so and and kechizu and and yeah. choso which is a, a again a wildly different situation and then now we have a vengeful spirit sorcerer killed without jujutsu comes back as a curse and this is a cursed womb now too so it, it's just interesting to see that like it seems like cursed womb seems to be like the origin point for a lot of you know these these, these kind of situations yeah these cursed spirits and whatnot that that's just cool lore to get you know what I mean a lot of people say that you know, the Colon game is just a bunch of like meathead fights back to back with no plot. And it's like, I don't know, man. Like this fucking lore and, and world building that we get that we get peppered in is is pretty intense if you're if you're looking for it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So well.
1: And it was honestly pretty shocking to see how like quickly now you metamorphosed. Yeah. Um I don't know, you know, if we really even have like a concrete timeline on how it take how long it takes for a curse womb to kind of metamorphose or if it's more so just a certain condition that has to be met.
0: That was the case um, for Dagon, for sure. It, yes. It, it, everything before, I mean, obviously, Kenjaku and Mahito, I think, were the catalyst for the birth of, you know, the Curse Womb Death Paintings inside of Choso and, and Esso and Kechizu. So I think that they had a hand, you know, there, like maybe with... Um, you know, Mahito's curse technique to a certain degree. I, I can't really remember, but, like... I
1: think the, it can probably function differently inside of a lot of these different situations. Yeah. There's a lot of these different cursed wombs that we've been talking about. Yeah, depending
0: they, on the like circumstance enough. for them, right? Um, because the Sakuna-fingered cursed wombs just, you know, um, they kind of metamorphosed just after time had passed. I don't think that there yeah. was, like, a specific physical catalyst for, for their births. Yeah. But then Dagon literally got his shit pushed in and it was a combination of the physical damage that he was taking and the like emotional trauma of just knowing that his brothers were being slaughtered that like kind of like catalyzed his rebirth into the Cthulhu form and then this one seems to just be damage for now damage based, maybe
1: or or maybe it's a time-based one as well because we really don't know how long he has been in this cursed form right um, so he could have kind of been right at that threshold, but I don't know I feel like there may be another factor at play that could be kind of the impetus to this metamorphosing so quickly yeah I think maybe you bringing up the damage is is a good point yeah um but i I really also don't really know what damage they did to him sure because I mean caution the like. Aki sliced him.
0: Well, not just that, because that was like a thing in the choreography that I wanted to point out. Kashimo's in the fucking wilderness, far away with the three arrows loaded and then shoots them. And then you You go into page seven and the arrows are clearly shooting out of the trees. And Naoya is like on the telephone line. So I was like, damn, that motherfucker is fast, bro. He's already on the telephone lines, however many distance away from the trajectory of these arrows as they're coming out of the trees. Like he's so far away. From those arrows already and he was like too yeah. slow so we know that those arrows were probably trying to hit him and he dodged anyway in such a crazy distance that it's just like holy shit, what a speed feat! but then maki grabs wow. him and fucking throws him back towards the trajectory of the arrows and then he they run into him anyway
1: <laughs> and they like they they actually do have a nice little effect here where they kind of like you could see him veining up around there. So yeah. they, I feel like he got injected with some shit. And then Maki does slice him in half. And then
0: Maki does slice so him in half. So I feel like
1: right after, he, right after he gets sliced, yeah. he has this little dialogue about how, um, oh, so cursed, cursed spirits do feel pain. Yeah. I've exercised so many, um, you know, and all the time they were hurting. But right after that, he does explode with this fucking thread that kind of encases him. So I feel like you're onto something with the damage being the impetus to his metamorphosing.
0: It could be a combination of, like, right? Because, like, if you look at Dagon, like, Dagon was a combination of damage dealt by Naubito and Maki and um, actually, really just Naubito, because I think that Nanami and Maki were pretty much ineffective in that fight and it was really just naobito's speed and hands that kind of like dealt the damage to him before he expanded his domain but i think it was a combination of the beating that naobito lashed out on Dagon, plus his emotional you know situation while thinking of you know hanami and and you know and 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 all of his brothers that were being systematically you know destroyed by these sorcerers and whatnot so it was just overwhelming and it was like oh rebirth you know what i mean but from for for Naoya, it could be a combination of damage The same, you know, um, condition as Dagon on on one half of it. But then in place of that emotional trauma of his friends dying around him and him being sad about that, that is replaced. It's just like his just raw ambition to get revenge on Maki. And it's just like, oh, I'm taking damage. They're kind of flexing on me right now. Well, I need to transform because I need to get this bitch out of here. Like, I need to kill Maki above all else. And they're kind of dancing on me. So I need to do this right now because I've taken enough damage. And that's just what my will desires. So boom, you know, rebirth curse womb form feels really good to me to think about it like that. And it's that's tight right. that Maki is the one that realizes that's th- that it's a curse womb before Noritoshi. Because Noritoshi is a sorcerer that's been in the game. He's had sorcerer, he's had, you know, um, cursed energy, you know, like since birth or whatever the regular, I think you get your curse technique when you're like seven or something. So like he's been in the game with curse energy, able to, you know, kind of, um, he's been exercising curses. He can sense curse energy. He can see, you know, curses his whole life. Maki had to kind of like supplement her lack of curse energy by probably hitting the books harder than anybody else in her class or at her school and it shows here that she's able to come to the conclusion that it's a curse womb before Noritoshi because she had to make up for you know what she was lacking in and that's just like such a cool moment to get for me because it's like Noritoshi's like oh shit it's a curse womb all right well (laughs) you know he kind of like reacts to her information like he didn't know that already you know what I mean, and then he goes into the piercing blood. You know, after he hears her say that, because now that he does know that it's a cursed womb, it's like, oh, we got to get this out of here before the metamorphosis. You know what I mean? And it's just cool that Maki was quicker on the on the uptake than he was. Does a lot about her character. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. So he gets the piercing blood off. Yep. Now he either does take damage, or maybe is just fucking with them. Um is what somebody brought up in the Twitch chat of my reaction. They were like, Oh, maybe he was just fucking with him making It seemed like he took damage. Where? Um on page fifteen oh. after the piercing blood on the double spread, he's like, Ah oh, and oh. then he's just like <laughs> chilling yeah. on, the, on the next page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe they did kind of stop him in like maybe this isn't his actual final form.
0: Oh, maybe. If I think he same. I think he definitely dealt the damage and that's why he screamed. But it just wasn't enough damage to exercise him before the metamorphosis took place. So I think he's like, oh, you
1: motherfucker, you got me. But I'm
0: still transforming on your goof ass. You know what I'm saying?
1: So you think he's final form right now? I think
0: if he did have another form after this, I think that that would be very interesting. Because like you look at a curse. I don't know. You look at a curse like Dagon. It's like after he shed his fucking, you know, curse womb and became Cthulhu Dagon. Like that was his final form. And it's like. Now you're coming back as a vengeful spirit and having more forms than a natural-born curse. It just feels kind of, like, weird to me.
1: Well, no, I I think maybe they stopped him before he could reach the full, Mm. you know, transformation, maybe, with the damage. And, like, maybe he kind of continues to evolve over the fight. You know, like, you see maybe these, these horns that he kind of has, like, kind of growed a little bit more. Yeah. Maybe he just kind of develops a little bit more qualities throughout the fight just because maybe yeah. they did slow down the full metamorphosis with that little bit of damage that they got off. And he does kind of, like... But it seem, also could be possible. Yeah, like... As full metamorphosis.
0: As wild as this form is, it does kind of, now that I'm looking at this last page, it does kind of um feel... Not a whole lot, but it does feel like it could be incomplete. You know what I mean? Like, he's got, like, really snaky... <laughs> You know um, muscles and tendons and whatnot, and it feels like the form can be kind of like malleable and maybe even not really a shapeshifter level, but I can just see him twisting himself into different sizes and and forms and modes. Maybe you know what I mean? It definitely like it, the the design is wild, but it could still be a very um, preliminary form coming out yeah. of the out, out of the metamorphosis for sure, and we could see him twist these. These muscles and tendons into or uh, tendons into you know a completely different form later maybe something yeah. or or just an outright other transformation is possible too but but yeah I don't know like if this if he did fully allow himself to metamorphose the 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 way that he's supposed to as a cursed womb um then like this makes sense for a final form but it could also not be I guess now that I'm thinking about it so i guess we'll see
1: i don't know well yeah i mean i don't know that he really didn't allow it himself but yeah. i think maybe just the damage could have acted as kind of a stopping point for it yeah
0: like he was in the in the in the middle of transforming to final form but then the piercing blood hit and he had to stop it early just to survive maybe yeah yeah
1: or or, or it could not even have been voluntary on his part It just kind of like
0: This is how far you got before the damage hit, and now that the damage hit, your metamorphosis is done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's cool to think about. Could be. Yeah. No,
1: I. But again, I could be wrong. Yeah. Just. We just got to see. Occurred to me as maybe a possibility.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's good to get all the possibilities out because it's like we don't have to like hard commit to like any of these theories that get brought up off the cuff in any of these reviews. We just want to make sure that all of the logical routes that we come up with. ...are out in the open, whether we fully subscribe to them or not. Yeah. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, this shit was was tight, man. And I love how, like, they're remembering to show the blood bag that... Noritoshikamo needs in order to use the same techniques that we see Choso using effortlessly... ...because he could just constantly regenerate that blood being half-cursed spirit. So, it's cool that even though they have, like, pretty much the exact same fighting style minus the bow and arrow um that it's still different whenever they're in combat a great deal yeah, at yeah. least visually he whipped that bitch out quick too. he said Phew. yeah <laughs> ah. yes not quick enough though yeah it wasn't enough
1: not quick enough yeah. but i don't know it was a pretty like it was a pretty uh short Kind of just action panel packed chapter of uh, Jujutsu Kaisen here. I don't know. Yep. I don't know that I really had much more on it.
0: I think I'm good too. It was it was pretty. um, You know, besides the, you know, besides the curse womb information, and then obviously the vengeful spirit reiteration. You know, as far as that concept goes, and explaining how it works and whatnot. Yeah, this was just like all action. So yeah, yeah. But beautiful chapter nonetheless.
1: Can't wait for the, the next yeah. one can't wait to see how this mother dude
0: <laughs>
2: yeah
1: uh, is is noritoshi like out of there is his like chest caved in yeah from this blow i think he'll come back i think he's definitely fucked up yeah but like i think come back yeah he's play a part
0: he's a shooter like like that like he's literally like shooters are clutch character like like clutch shooter you know what i mean like that term is like applied very much to noritoshi kamo in my mind right now like i think he definitely took this straight to the chin and maybe has like 10 HP left but as long as he's not dead he will come back to significantly (laughs) influence this fight in one way or another because that is his role as like an archer you're a clutch shooter you come in in the clutch and you know drastically pivot the you know the conflict one way or another you know what I mean
1: and I love the paneling on the last page too where we get like the perspective from behind of him like (laughs) through the trees and shit with yeah. with uh Naoya here and then he's kind of like superimposed over that panel as well from his right. front view. Yes. That trash was so clueless. Yeah. Uh, oh, so fucking good. I, you know, we always talk about the good paneling and, you know, yeah, um breaking of 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 gutters, yeah, by Gage. Yeah.
0: They're so really good can't praise that. that enough, man. Yeah, and Gage um, loves man. this shot too. Gage loves this this shot of you know, behind-the-back camera perspective of someone launching another character into the distance like this. Like, you have Maki versus Hanami as soon as she got you Playful Cloud. <laughs> bah! Bapped him, and he, like, blocked it, but then they still went flying into the fucking wilderness from this exact same perspective. Yeah. And then you have, like, Dagon versus you know all of the sorcerers inside of his domain and he sent the fucking endless death swarm towards Mahito or not Mahito but Naobito and then Naobito hit the fucking simple domain and started like slicing him to bits but then he ran up with the haymaker while he was distracted by the cloud of fish rocked him in his fucking face and he went flying into the distance kind of similarly to this too and then Mm. in that same fight Maki gets Yuun again and hits Dagon with this exact same perspective as Ooh. he goes flying into the fucking oasis. So, like, Gege just loves this shot. And I love it every time they use it. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Me yeah. too. Yeah. But I'm good on Jujutsu. Uh,
1: yeah. I also am good. I can't wait to see what Maki does to, you know, to deal with Naya by herself going forward here yes. until Noritoshi until comes back into play. Yes. I hope she whips out Mai. You know, Ooh. I, I can't ah. see this, yes,
0: yeah, me neither. Yeah.
1: That's it for me as well. All right, cool. All righty. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into the second to last chapter of the night. Chapter 361 of Boku no Hiro Academia Abnormal Happenings. I almost said abandonment, <laughs> right, so. but. Um, the beginning of this chapter was like kind of low-key hilarious in a way. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Raph's Revenge that said in like the Twitch chat of my live reaction was like, Imagine fighting a villain and their five-year-old self comes out and just starts screaming at you. Yeah, <laughs> no, shit. Um, that shit had me dead, but I am honestly loving this fissure that we're kind of getting between shown between uh, all for one and shiggy. Yeah. As all for one states, you know, not neither Tomura nor all for one. But Shimura, you know, the um the little boy that's, like, lost somewhere in there, feeling, you know, forgotten, yeah. abandoned, confused, scared, and...
0: yeah. It's that third area of their dynamic that we've kind of, like, been missing emphasis on. Like, we know that it's always been there in the background. Like, yeah, we know that All for One and Shigaraki are kind of, you know, battling it out for control of this body, but, like, what about the... Shimura, you know what I mean? Like, what about the little kid in there that's, like, being manipulated by these two opposing yet um, united kind of fronts?
1: And it's like, now we're kind of, like, getting the the magnifying glass on that, and it's pretty good. Yeah, and it has me really hyped, too, because obviously we can kind of assume that this will act as sort of the impetus in um, Deku saving Shigaraki, which Mm -hmm. he's kind of stated that he wants to do. And I personally have been on that train the whole time since he said it. You know, yeah. I'm for it. I'm here for it. Yeah. So I definitely, Especially because that to factor see. is
0: there that, you know, he is being taken advantage of and doesn't entirely know it yet. And he has been, you know, manipulated and, you know, kind of groomed into what he is today. So it makes a lot of sense that Deku would see something to save in there.
1: Yeah. And it even makes even more sense that this is, you know, coming out now that he is realizing that he has been played for a fool and that all he was is really just like a a body for him yeah. to for him to take over and so it makes sense that Chimora would be coming out now um because you know what else does he have and right. so i can't wait to see how this plays a factor going forward um yeah and i can't wait for deku to show up man he needs to get his ass here right now
0: fuck yeah like where is dude like come on like i know that like yeah, dots
1: pulled up on him, and we haven't seen him since.
0: Yeah, and, and he's got to be moving so fast. And I have no idea, like, what the distances, you know, are like for real. Like, I know that they're in, like, completely different locations as far as teleportation goes. And they're having these fights, like, pretty far away from each other. But he is still moving, like, insanely superhumanly fast. And I know that, you know, comic books, specifically the comic book medium, likes to play with cinematic time. And just time, like, in general, like you know, in, like, ways that are insane. Obviously, you could make a Dragon Ball joke here. You know what I mean? We all know what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? They can make, you know, three years' worth of content only, like, five minutes in the actual story. You know what I mean? So you never know how Mm -hmm. much time has actually passed. But um, where the fuck is Deku, Jesus Christ? But I love that we're getting this fucking big three, this big three time, big three shine, big three focus, Neji rays like... Finally yeah. getting some, like, you know, personal introspective flashback, you yeah. know, narration and storytelling, which I feel like at least I don't remember ever getting for her. I know that we've gotten some, like, solo Tamaki stuff and some solo Mirio stuff a great deal, obviously. And nejire is there in their flashbacks, and there have been big three flashbacks as a team. Yep. But I can't remember, you know, any time where Ray's character has been focused on, like, at all, really. You know what I mean? So no, it's yeah. cool that we get it right now, yeah.
1: I think you're right, yeah. Like, I don't think that we've really had a flashback for her specifically, so it feels nice that we get it here. Yeah. Um, especially being that, like like we learn in her flashback, she's really never had any other friends besides Mirio and Tamaki at um, UA. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that she would be thinking back to this, these memories in this situation where they're literally fighting life or death in a, in a battle to the death, that's Mm going to literally decide probably the future of the world, you know, if not, you know, only Japan. Right. 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 And so I don't know. I can't really imagine a situation with more dread than that. Like just knowing that, you know, the people you care most about could possibly die, but also having the hope that, you know, you guys together may be able to kind of overcome those impossible odds and uh, do it together and with everyone else as well. You know, it's like, fuck. Yeah. (sighs) that was
0: well said it is kind of it's pretty dready man this is like as dreadful as it gets because like not only like to your point about how you could potentially be watching all of your closest friends and family members die on this battlefield but also your life is at stake and i know that that doesn't mean usually mean as much to characters in stories like shonen manga because they're a lot of the times they're very selfless and very ready to die for the sake of others a lot of the time and a lot of these protagonists but um that is still a factor that we know is looming on everybody's minds whether we get focused you know words on it or not like everyone is scared to die in this situation yes. and you can kind of feel that without dialogue because the imagery and, and 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 just overall art is just so well represented in facial expressions and demeanors and and shit and it's just like man like what a situation to be in right now as a fucking teenager <laughs> yeah.
1: so on page 8 um Hado kind of gets like bitten in her side uh i got somebody in the twitch chat again kind of pointed this out to me i just kind of missed it yeah do you think this is a serious wound it looked to me like it was just kind of a yeah just like a flesh wound nothing too serious just a point to show that
0: they're not just like entirely dancing on this guy and he's still getting his hits in like even throughout even even though their teamwork seems to be like really on point like you got to make sure that you have that hope despair trade off inside of at least damage when you're when you have a fight of this scale and this scope against like the real really effectively the big bad of the series, yeah, yes, it is the big three, but they are not the main characters. So you have, you know, you you kind of do worry like, yo, is this damage too big? Like, what could possibly happen? But I think we could be pretty certain that this isn't like a mortal wound. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or anything like that. I think it's just to showcase that, like, these characters are going to take damage in this, too. And you should be worried about that, at least on, like, an entirely, like, narrative level for the sake of the characters. Whether you, like, actually worry for their well-being and safety or not. Like, as a reader, like, yeah. she did just get a big chomp, seemingly. Maybe not a big chomp. It does look I don't think pretty surface serious, level. Right. But they did make a point to show that she got bit in her torso, so it's like, oh shit, what does that mean? How much more damage are they going to take, et cetera, et cetera? Dirty ass mouth. Dirty ass mouth. Where's that mouth been exactly? Like, ew. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, but hey, man, I think it's time to talk about you know what is my opinion. The biggest part of this chapter, man.
0: Big Tamaki Tamaki
1: fans. Big sun eater.
0: Eating, bro. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: you already know I've been a Tamaki stand since day they one. Day one. Day like, one. We get confirmation here. This that his quirk is also one that's considered to be kind of like in uh, a quirk with no upper limit. And that he can literally just like continue fucking gorging and smashing with different shit eat, eat, eat. and gain eat. property yeah. after property after property from all these different foods.
2: Yeah. We also
1: get that he can like eat and gain the properties of different energies or shit that's not even food and gain the properties of that or mm. people's quirks and shit. Hold on, like, where's that at? Where's that at? That's literally, you can see all this shit brrr, on this last double page Fred plus Neji Rejado's energy. You think he just she just oh. encircled him with it or do you think he ate that shit?
0: I guess I just assumed that that was like um you know illustration to represent the like sporadic increase in mass, you know what I mean? Like I thought it was just like this thing is continuing to get bigger and these are just the impact waves of its Growth. <laughs> I didn't think that this was an edgy at all, but that makes perfect sense. I I I literally just like see manga could give impact illustration for like so many things besides just like raw fucking contact shots. You know what I mean? So like yeah. we we do be getting impact illustration for things like mass growth. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like I guess I just kind of assumed that that's what was happening. But if this really is an ray's quirk, then the I real. I guess I'm assuming that she just applied it to what was happening for some reason.
1: The clearest thing on this, I mean, it looks the exact same as it all this does. shit. It's, like, literally plus, 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 and then it's plus Neji Rayhado's energy. So it could even be, like, she... Wait, does
0: it say plus, plus her energy?
1: Yes, on this last double-page spread, t- page 10 and 11, it Where says the it last says? thing, the most clear and Oh,
0: bold my God, I didn't even, like, notice that right now or remember it from when I read the chapter. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a part of everything else that... He has a property for her. it's literally so the way, delivered the exact same way as them. So it is a part of it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So the way I interpreted that is like, he literally ate her energy, you know, ate a beam of her energy and like now is gaining the properties of that shit.
0: That's fucking insane. Which
1: if it is, it could, I could also be wrong and it could just be her applying her energy to it. And he's going to kind of code it in that. But if it is him eating that shit and gaining the properties of it, yeah. That opens up a world of fucking possibilities for my boy, bro. Like, yeah. that shit would be insane. And that also makes me wonder, like, can he eat the property? Like, could he gain the properties of people's quirks by eating their flesh on some cannibal shit bro oh, like I don't, that's all that's a different conversation that's a completely entirely. different
0: conversation but an interesting that, one but also a creepy one i'm yeah. just
1: so fucking hyped that he could possibly actually be the one to fucking deal some devastating damage to all for one here yeah being that i have been a fucking tamaki stands since fucking day one tamaki another like, one of those
0: you know on the subject of clutch shooters like tamaki is really you know that man in this series you know what i'm saying like he's definitely like kind of like down on himself so like naturally the readers will have doubt in him too if he not if he, mm-hmm. you know if he doesn't have full confidence in himself but still like the way that this dude has shown out in the times that he's gotten focused has been very clutch moments in 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 certain arcs you know what i mean like in the fucking yakuza arc like that shit was yeah. major, and we weren't expecting it, and it was fucking fire. So I feel like we're, yeah. he's going to Kohei's going to keep that trend with Tamaki here, and we are going to see some significant damage output from yeah. him in a way that does feel like the scales are being tipped to a certain degree. But I'm just wondering, like, does it make sense that he can eat quirk energy and replicate it in his body? You know what I mean? Like, it just seems so extra for a story like My Hero Academia that has very like hard logic tied to The quirks their abilities and their caveats you know what i mean like this just seems kind of broken (laughs) but at the same time it's still stuff going into his mouth and into his body and he is taking it in and digesting it or whatever so you could draw some some logical lines to it but it just like just thinking about it right now just feels so extra to me
1: I think maybe it can only apply for certain maybe quirks in certain situations. Like, I don't yeah. know. It, the, it opens up the debate though. Like, c- yeah, could he eat the energy and like gain that kind of electric, whatever spiral, or whatever yeah. force property. Could he possibly eat fucking Muriel's hair?
0: Yeah. And wow. Fucking
1: gain the goddamn motherfucking permeability. Like, yeah. he, I don't know. That'd to me, muddy. this opens up a fucking world of possibilities. And they literally said, your quirk has no upper limit to in terms of what you can consume and the properties you can gain from it. Like you can literally just infinitely stack that shit on top of each other. Yeah. And um, uh, yeah, so I'm hyped to see him level the playing field here. Yeah,
0: for sure. And now that I'm thinking yeah. about it again, um, I think I'm on, I think I'm on the side of this interpretation of this double page spread as yes, Neji Rehado's energy is superimposed with a plus sign next to it, the same way all of the other things that he ate were. But I think I'm going to subscribe to the idea that it's only saying plus Neji Rohado's energy because it's being applied to the situation as well and not necessarily because he ate it and now has, you know, those properties within himself. I think that Nejirohato is just there adding support the same way that she added support with her quirk to Mirio's attack on Shigaraki. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that that's why the plus Negi Rayados energy is there, but it is confusing considering it is listed in the exact same style as everything that we know he ate and has gained
1: the properties of. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it definitely it opens up you know that window of interpretation for right. sure. Right, for sure, for um, sure. And so yeah, I'm definitely hype as fuck to yeah. see my boy do some things going yeah. forward, but I'm also low key, low worried yeah man because once he once he pops a shot off up in fucking shigaraki's ass man and, yeah. and does some actual damage yeah he is probably gonna start getting heavily fucking prioritized being yeah. that like he's probably the, gonna be end up being the biggest threat in terms of yeah. damage
0: he pulled the aggro so i really <laughs> he told, so he i really told. hope uh, yeah.
1: on some lyca guy and shit yeah he yeah. pulled that aggro yeah so i really hope they can maybe run a good you know protection scheme for my boy and and keep him from getting killed because boy if he fucking dies yeah
0: and it's something you have to worry about too because like as much as like people want to make fun of the deaths you know like at the end of the paranormal liberation front war like characters still died and and i've already you know we've already had conversations about how like whatever who cares if you if you cared about the character that died or not the characters in the story care about that character that died and that death is going to affect the plot and characters in various ways that we care about. So like who cares if you don't give a fuck about the face on the fucking newspaper of the of the the random, you know, hero that died that we didn't get a lot of screen time from. Like, that's not really right. what, what it's about. But to my my point is that even though that happened that way in the paranormal Blura- paranormal liberation front war, like this is like the final conflict arc. So like if we got light quote-unquote, light deaths from Paranormal Liberation Front War, we can expect not just deaths in general, I feel like, are going to be guaranteed for this final fight. Just want to put that out there. But we can assume that the gravity and the scale of those deaths is going to be that much much higher than Paranormal Liberation Front Wars just because it's that final conflict of the story. So Mm. it's like, yeah, it's like random, you know, Joe Schmo, you know, hero, one through six died in paranormal libera- liberation, but in this final one, we could see big names die like that we undoubtedly care about. And that is worrisome and worrying, especially because they're just so close to Shigaraki right now. And it's like, who would be the characters that make the most sense to die in this, as far as like the cast of this last arc goes? You know what I mean? Like, if, if it is going to be a big name, I can't see it being more than like one major name death. But, like, it could be two, maybe even three. And, like, that's crazy to think about because who could it be out of everyone that's involved right now? Every death would be so insane. (laughs) But it's something that
1: we got to worry about. In my opinion, for real, it is. It yeah. is, man. I cannot wait to see this fucking chimera cannon, though, bro. Like,
0: yeah, for real, dude, dude.
1: He's literally about to fire a fucking chimera beam or some shit. Like you can literally look at his arm; you can yeah, see like can a see the barrel inside the barrel. of it. Mm-hmm. Yo, he's about to be like, yeah. Yo.
0: And it's interesting that they kind of like have a, um you know, you don't get raw you know ability like exposition all that often in my hero academia like you do you know in stories like jujutsu kaisen or like hunter hunter or something like that a lot of it is kind of like left up to like how well you're paying attention to the art and like what's happening in the art mixed with your understanding of the history of quirk explanations and whatnot but it's cool that like oh and actually we even get um we actually even get a line of diet we know the true worth of his vast hybrid sure it takes time to cook up properly but togata and i know all about you tamaki amajiki and then it goes into the double page spread so it's like on the fly probably he can you know eat one pellet two pellets and then immediately gain the properties of those things but when he's doing this vast hybrid technique he has to maybe like sit and really concentrate and think about all of the things that he has eaten and kind of visualize this chimera form inside of himself before he can actually manifest it you know, in one way or another, maybe that's like not as deep of an explanation as it as it really is. But that's what makes sense to me right now. You know, so it makes sense that it would take time to, you know, um, create this form, even though you've already eaten all of the things for it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I it, think it would be very easy for it to just be like, I've eaten all the things. Here's my ultimate attack, and I can like instantly go into it. And that would be a good enough explanation. But having it be a time delay to cook this up is is just. I just like that more.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could be either that where he's like thinking of the correct combinations, but I also think, you know, he could be a situation here where he's like, all right, I got to pull out all the stops. Yeah. I'm just going to literally like. Burr oh yeah every fucking pellet i have and just go crazy yeah and then just fucking open the floodgate or
0: whatever but it just makes me think of you know characters like um momo you know what i mean with her creation she has to like legitimately know how these things are built and you know composed in order to effectively recreate them with her quirk and whatnot so just knowing that we have characters like that that have a lot of like internal mental math to do to manifest their quirk this seems like it could be one of those but it also is a very feral bestial you know kind of of technique that doesn't it's not recreating you know a fucking steel girder or a fucking gun or you know like something that has like defined you know um, measurable you know properties to it like momo it's just like the essence of these animals that I ate and that could come out quickly or it could take time to cook. And it makes sense either
1: way. Yeah. Yeah. I think the objective the objective at this point is to seems like, you know, Tamaki's pretty well set up here. He's got like, dude, he's literally got like a fucking uh, insect leg tripod on these on this fucking cannon like multiple supports there's i'm counting like six legs one two yeah six three four five six seven
0: maybe eight legs on this thing oh
1: yeah because i saw tarantula so it would have to have at least eight right yeah 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 so this shit's gonna be insane but I'm, i'm betting they're gonna try now to maybe get you know shigaraki to slip up for a second or maybe like plant him in a spot for a second so that he can really get a solid shot in with this fucking cannon and do some serious damage
0: yeah i can't see Uh, mirio like being one to like take this strategy but you never know considering the scale of the circumstances uh, and the threat level but like the beginning of the chapter you know he mirio sees that him talking about you know his friendship life has Created a certain kind of response from Shigaraki. And it is kind of like funny in the moment where he's like. Sorry bro. Like I didn't know that that was gonna. You know freak you out like to that point. Like but Mirio did notice that that is. You know creating that kind of a response. So will Mirio in order to create this blind spot. For the Chimera Canon, Go back into that bag and be like. Your friends never liked you. Maybe not your friends never liked you. But like some other kind of line of dialogue. That will bring the, the Shimura you know, um, back out of, of Shigaraki for long enough for the Chimera Cannon to hit.
1: <laughs> well, that's definitely a possibility, but something else that's super tragic and fucked up that I don't want to happen, but that I just thought about happening, huh. is that, Like, this is literally the special Beam cannon, bro. Mirio is about to fucking, like, hem Shigaraki up for a second. Yeah. And, like, You know, Tamaki's going to be like, bet, I'm about to get this shot in. Like, Mirio's going to go, you know, impermeable at the last second. Yeah. The shot's going to go right through him. Yeah. Mirio's about to be like, nope. I don't even want to, like, chance going impermeable for that split second because this dude's fast and strong enough to probably get away in
0: that oh split second. Oh, my not God. Take
1: so he's literally going to fucking take the shot. Yo. And it's going to be the special beam cannon. I'm getting big special beam cannon vibes from this shit right now, bro.
0: Fucking Dragon Damn. Ball Saiyan Saga type shit. And I'm Yo, too, he's got him fucking hemmed up like Goku. Like Goku and, and fucking rabbits.
1: <laughs> and tamaki's like going permeable the last second bro and he's like
0: mm-hmm. Yo. <laughs> and then that's still not enough to beat him that would be so fucking no yeah probably not oh my god that'd be so devastating it's like it Mario, how even many times enough, are you it. gonna do this because that's so in character for him to do that what you just said that is so in character for him to do that and it's like but but is yeah. kohei going to give us that again is the question
1: man that would be so devastating but it would for sure probably allow them to get at least a big enough injury off on shigaraki to like stave him off and slow him down until deku can show up
0: yeah i definitely Uh, hope that it wouldn't be like entirely in vain obviously you know what i mean like because you never know a situation like okay that happens mirio takes the shot goes through him mortally wounds him, but then also does a fuck ton of damage to shigaraki It could be handled in a couple of different ways it actually is effective in the moment but then they don't have any other way to capitalize on that and then eventually he regenerates anyway making the sacrifice totally in vain and then deku beats him all entirely on his own you know power or whatever after the fact that would be like worst case scenario that would suck so bad oh my god please don't do that but like he he still can't regenerate though because he's got the erasure
1: happening yeah yeah
0: and then like maybe you know something happens with the erasure that like you know makes that ineffective and maybe they blink or maybe they get taken out or something and he is able to finally regenerate before Mm -hmm. the final fight with Deku because you want to assume that they'll be like full power when they fucking you know clash or whatever just to like up the epicness scale of it or whatever you could talk about that too but like the other possibility is that that either does or doesn't happen and the shot gets off anyway, whether Mirio sacrifices himself for it or not. But like, if he does sacrifice himself for this damage to go through, then I would hope that that damage would continue to be there and be a factor in the defeat of Shigaraki after like Deku pulls up and then has the final fight or whatever with him. I, I would need if they were to sacrifice him, I would need that to come back in the dialogue in some kind of way. Like, Oh, if that motherfucker didn't fucking shoot me, then I would have, you know, whatever, whatever, just so that it, you well, know. Didn't, yeah.
1: Didn't he lose the hyper regen? Like entirely? I believe he, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure oh, from he star lost and hyper regen to star and stripe, yeah.
0: Oh, but can he still, like, regen, like, on a smaller scale? I think so, maybe, but, like, not yeah. instantaneously. Not instantaneously, like he was, before. Like he was before? Okay okay i just i'm just thinking of a situation but his body is also
1: like apparently fucking you know adapting in weird ass ways that allow him to just like his his shoulder can puke fucking poison out and just do weird shit so yeah who knows what the fuck will happen if he gets a hole punched in his fucking chest yeah i would just hope
0: that like if a if a scene like that did happen that like the damage stayed until he was defeated so that i'd didn't feel like it was like, cause it's like, that's like insane levels of dread. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that would make me feel so shitty. Like you did all of that and yes, you got some damage on him and it's all cool. But by the time, you know, Deku shows up, he's basically 100% for that, for the sake of that fight.
1: I'd be like, fuck dude, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it like they, they would have bought the time, you know, it, so it wouldn't have been totally in vain because like, If not for what everybody's done, like, Shigaraki would have been off this motherfucker and destroyed it and on to the next fight fucking shit up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, it's, it's not in vain either way, but, like, it would be a very, very dreadful and, like, just demoralizing situation if, like, they did all this and, like, in the end he does fucking, like, kill them. Yeah, fucking beats eraser head's ass and Monoma and like Deku then regenerates like, or some Deku shit. Pulls up and he's like just finished regenerating. Like yeah. everybody's laid the fuck out and he's like, <sighs> yeah. barely made it. And yeah. Then Deku's, like, <sighs> yeah, like if
0: it, it, it like if it is done, like the execution can be stellar and it like Kohei could write the shit out of it probably no matter what. But just thinking about the situation right now, just like makes me feel so sad and makes me feel like that would be so lame but because like i'm thinking of it like from the perspective of like is kohei going or from the idea that like is is kohei going to give us a full-powered shigaraki versus deku final fight right you know what i mean and and if that is what he's going to give us then this sacrificial moment i feel like would feel really lame if it was all for the sake of shigaraki then becoming 100 for the sake of fighting deku on that level for the final fight of the series you know what i mean so i'm seeing it from like an editorial perspective more than like a narrative perspective which is probably why it feels like lame to me but like if if that is really the route that kohei wanted to take it i trust that he would write the shit out of that and it would feel really good
1: yeah but i don't know i think uh i think that's about all i had for this chapter in my hero man yeah i think uh i think that's all i had too good shit. all right Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get into the final chapter of the night, the Peace de l'Existence, chapter 1055 of One Piece. (laughs) A fucking massive chapter of One Piece, man. Yeah, dude. And uh, I don't know, man. Ryzo got straight up fucking drained, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. He He might be out of there. Like, I wonder if. If they'll be able to treat that and how, yeah, right? Like someone yeah. getting all their shit leached out of them like that. Yeah. What is he even sucking out? Like, is it the just the straight up moisture in their body going uh, along the plant, going along the plant lines? Or is it like their fucking innards or their life force? The yeah. life force is what I thought at first, but. That's the question you else. ask,
0: right? Because it's like the, there definitely is like a very, you know, magical property to these abilities as like, you know, rooted in. Oda's, like, little pseudoscience as much as they, like, try to be and whatnot, like, there's, there is, like, logical scientific explanations for some things that happen in One Piece as far as, like, you know, effects of powers and whatnot, but at the end of the day, like, there is still a very, like, whimsical fantastic nature to it, and you never know, like, what the actual explanation will be for that until you get it, like, because it makes sense that he's sucking out, like, moisture, blood, water, you know what I mean, because he literally looks like he has none left in him but that could also be, you know, representing life force being sucked out. You know what I mean? Whatever that means in a story like One Piece. So, it's hard to say. Um yeah. But, yeah, Ryzo looks I want to get your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Real quick, I want to get your thoughts on the Woods Woods Logia. Only because you haven't been on the show to talk about it since it was revealed, I don't think. and sure. I. Just like I remember having conversations about it I personally was really subscribed to the theory that it was going to be like a mythical zoan like forest nymph or forest spirit kind of thing. I think I remember that. And I, yeah. I personally thought that it would feel really weird if it was like a nature logia, which yeah. I still kind of do although I'm rock, I'm rocking with it at this point but I still feel right. like as a logia woods woods like nature feels like
0: yeah, strange. Right. I guess I'm kind of looking at it as like cuz we, we we talked about like you know, the possibility that it's a Aramecia, the possibility that it's a Logia, the possibility that it's a Zoan of some kind. We've covered all of the bases there. But, like, when it comes to, like, One Piece and power and abilities and whatnot, it's like... So, like, Aokiji, for example. It's like, Aokiji mm-hmm. can make himself ice, and then when he takes damage, that's represented in the form of the ice just breaking apart or whatever. And yep. you know what I mean? And, so basically, and whether, yeah. whether or not that's him you know, um, preeminently, you know, activating, you know, using observation hockey to like break himself apart before the damage gets there or whatever that is. It's still represented in the form of like, you ran into me, but like, because it's ice, it's just going to break apart. And I'm going to reform because I'm a Logia. Then you have characters like smoker and, you know, um, Borzolino, uh, uh, Kisaru where the effects literally just go through them because they're like actually intangible. You know what I mean? And that's like kind of like what we're used to inside of like Logias, where it's like there is no physical contact really of any kind. Like you're just passing through me kind of damage or whatever damage, um, negation, nullification, dodging, whatever. But then like with Aokiji, it's not that way because his Logia is a solid one. And i guess i just kind of uh, assumed that the explanation for this one and how it feels good as a logia is that like same kind of effect because if you look at swamp thing comics swamp thing is in tune with the green which is the nature energy of the planet so as long as there is plant life he will constantly have a place to put his consciousness in and regrow from it you know what i mean so when swamp thing takes damage it's physical splinters you know moss set on fire like whatever things are physically happening to him but it doesn't matter because he is nature you know what i mean so i guess i I mean that attributed it that to this logia situation for the woods wood shit
1: i mean that is pretty much how we see it illustrated on page 14 where he's taking the damage from the blast breath yeah and then a a little bud sprouts out of the ground and it says oh there we go grows into him yeah you know yeah so he can basically just kind of sprout himself anywhere.
0: Yeah, he's literally just Swamp Thing. And that makes it feel like really good as a Logia power because although Logias have been represented the way that we kind of just talked about it with like just raw elements and things passing through them, like as long as you're invincible for one reason or another, I feel like it fits in with the Logia class type. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but man lore holy fuck this chapter was wild we yeah. learned that fucking wano 800 years ago was actually just like a regular island with a massive ass fucking mountain and yeah. and so he says that at some point um walls got raised around the uh country and then it, it eventually just flooded due to rainwater and that you know people had to settle higher up on the mountain above the waterline and that's the wano that we know today yes so that is so one piece. That is so one piece. And it totally fucking makes sense now why the Gorosei knew that by you know by Zunisha leaving that they weren't opening up the borders just yet because she is the one that probably has to break it down, break down the walls with her, you know, trunk or whatever the fuck. Oh um, and so I guess my line of thought on it is that it must have been either the Joy Boy from the past or the ancient kingdom. Who hid Pluton underground in the ancient Wano and erected the walls to give Wano the impenetrable defenses, natural defenses that it's known for, to protect Pluton. And then Joy Boy sent Zunisha, you know, wandering, you know, for eternity so that no one would be able to find her and that eventually when the um, when the new Joy Boy appears, he or somebody else could command her to then break down the walls releasing fucking pluton and kind of being the impetus to the dawn right yeah that's that's how i kind of interpreted that that's tight and so it's just like holy fuck man (laughs) yeah it feels it feels so crazy that we're finally getting these fucking massive huge fucking payoffs yeah to these plot lines that we've been watching culminate for years right and it's just so fucking exciting, man! I can't wait to see fucking more.
0: Yeah, and and, and like, to like to your oh, idea, it's... to your idea about Zunisha coming in with the trunk and like breaking the walls down and shit. It's like that's the kind of shit that like makes so much sense for One Piece. That like every all of these players are in are in play, and we don't know how they work together. And then as soon as you find out what their roles are, the shit kind of just like fits together like a puzzle. Like yes, Zunisha is so big. Of course, they have a trunk big enough to tear these fucking walls down. You know what I mean? Like, that makes a lot of sense just because of what we know about, you know, just the, the entire situation. It's like, there's big walls. No one can get in. The wa- The rainwater has been, like, lifting because it has nowhere to go. What do you do about that? You need something to destroy this thing, and obviously Pluton is a cannon that could destroy walls, sure, but like, also Zunisha is right there, and if Zunisha came in and did that, it'd be like, duh! Oh my god, yes! Why didn't I predict this or or whatever and whatever? And it's also kind of like reminds me of um the uh, Ashura Kingfisher One Piece ending theory from like way way back in the day on like the Oro the Oro Jackson and Arlong Park forums back when they were a thing, where he was Man, talking rich. about how like. Yeah, like, you was talking about how Pluton's gonna be the weapon that blows up the reverse mountain, then once the reverse mountain is gone, all of the seas converge into the all-blue, and, like, it just fits together like a puzzle, like, in that way, you know, and and like, that's why when you said that shit about Zunisha like, being the thing to knock the walls down, it just, like, made me think of Pluton destroying reverse mountain and that Ashura Kingfisher theory, and I was just like, man, like, Oda is so, like, good at creating that kind of, like, Vibe in his story that things will come together like that perfectly. Yeah. Even though the Osher Kingfisher shit obviously hasn't happened and it's just a theory or whatever, but it's just like, I don't right. know if I'm making sense, but like that kind of event just sounds like it makes so much sense for a story like One Piece. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Man. Um, also, you know, Robin, Robin, uh, Robin Zoro Shipper's apparently in the mud and Robin Law Shipper's winning.
0: Right now. oh yeah no i definitely thought about that bro like when i read this chapter and i think it was maybe the last chapter where they were walking up you know like robin was uh walking through that tiny little tunnel to go like find like another room that that uh, sakazuki was like pointing him to or whatever and law just like instantly teleported to it and she was just like no fair or whatever and he was just like get over yeah. it or something i was like oh, they're gonna do the thing this the, this is the this is the shipper shit right here <laughs> Hey, no fair.
1: Yeah, yeah, type shit. <clears throat> but, um, I don't know. I, I guess this shit is just wild. Like, we got the road poneglyph here. Yeah. We got three road poneglyphs now. Um, Law also has, you know, this one. I don't know if he can interpret them or what, but he probably has been taking etchings or at least, you know, maybe he's got a photographic memory and he's just memorizing these motherfuckers.
0: Hmm
1: um and just listening to the voice they have maybe but can law do that he has the voice of all things
0: oh does he i didn't even know that how did, when when did I we get so. that
1: i think he was on zo he was one of the ones getting the the headaches when zunisha was calling out oh cool um so yeah and i believe he may have also made a uh, a dialogue note about how you know he Heard a voice from the poneglyph from inside the mountain as they were from inside the whale as they were walking up mm-hmm. or as they were coming as they were going down the shaft or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, they talk about you know why would why would Odin want to you know open up the borders? So that that to me is further kind of evidence to the fact that like the walls were erected by the ancient kingdom and they eventually planned for them to be torn down. You know when the next Joy Boy came around. And that you know it, it was written about um, at Laugh Tale, you know, on the Poneglyph or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that all tracks for me, right? Yeah. So that's kind of crazy. Um, and I also love the resolve, I guess, that we see from Momonosuke and, and company. You know, the uh, Akazaya, in terms yeah. of like them saying, like, "Look, you know, we've we've already got the help that we asked for." Yeah. Um, so now it's our responsibility to like run and protect this country from anybody who might try and come fuck with it. Right. And uh, not only does he want Yamato to like be able to be free and like live, you know, live their own life and make their own decisions but along with Samurai line of thinking, they're like, it would also be shameful for us to continue asking for more and more help. So like yes. we really have to stand up to this dude right now and we cannot continue to ask for help. Even though we obviously know you know, Luffy and the gang are we'll gonna hold us
0: down. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: like, it, it definitely feels good inside of that, like, samurai archetype. Honor thing.
0: code like, type so shit. Honor yeah. code, bro. Bushido. But see, like, what's, what, what's tight about it is is the line of dialogue on Eleven in the middle panel. If we must ask for help from those who are about to leave, then we will never be able to protect Wano. And honestly, I think that the translation might be better in the TCB for this one, because... I remember reading that, and it just felt like yeah, it made so much about. sense, and it was so powerful. I'm about to pull it up right now. He was yeah. like, he was like, "If we still have to depend on the people who wish to leave, how can we look at any of you in the eyes and say that Wano is safe with us?": mm. Bang's way That's harder awesome. in the unofficial translation. Good. It's Along like, like the
1: same lines as always, but yeah. like, you know, the different verbiage does kind of slap a little harder.
0: Right. It's like, how can we tell them that we got it? after these motherfuckers leave if until the very end we needed their help until they left yeah Yeah, like no we have to do this right now and that was just like such a banger for me and i love how momo is the one who's delivering this right now because like a lot of people maybe not a lot of people but some people might be kind of like upset with the fact that like momo seems to be pretty broken right now with this with this with this Zoan fruit and how he kind of like skipped you know his childhood and whatnot in order to, like, become this, like, broken new, you know, like, king of the land or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, like, he was given a very broken power. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't want it. You know what I mean? But it is the fruit that it is. And we are now seeing it for what it really is after arcs and arcs of not knowing what the full range of the capabilities of this fruit were because the wielder was so young and naive and scared mentally. You know what I mean? Like, he has always had this power. But, like, he just didn't know how to use it. And the fact that it's taken multiple one-piece-length arcs in order for us to finally see it does not feel cheap in any way to me. You know what I mean? And on top of the the fact that he has this damage output now, Oda is still going out of his way to let you know that he's not as nice with it as he could be. You know what I mean? Like, his, no. aim, his aim is off. You know what I mean? Like, he... Things like that, you know, that let you know that he's not just, you know, final form OP, you know, Momo, just because he got you know, sent, just because like he got matured years. 20 years. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's, but but at the end of the day, like, we, this is just us knowing that this has always been a very strong devil fruit, and we just yeah. haven't been able to see what it can really do because of Momo's character. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I, well, I'm very always, happy with it. Yeah. We always knew for sure that it was going to be something, but we never, yeah. like you said, really knew until, like, especially we got to look at Kaido's fruit, and then we noticed kind of the, the similarities. Right. Um, But it's, It's definitely super insane that he was able to pull off a full-blown blast breath here. Yeah. And actually blast Buddy through his fucking chest. Yeah. Um, And it's got me, like you were kind of alluding to that, like this, you know, I'm sold now 100%. This is a perfect copy of Kaido's fruit. Yeah, for sure. And we'll probably see Momo in the future with like all of Kaido's abilities, right? you know, hybrid form, I think. Hybrid form Momo, momos bro. hybrids going to go <laughs>
0: stupid. <laughs> oh So my that God. obviously
1: has me super hyped, but it also makes me wonder why the fuck Vega Punk called this route a failure, bro, when it's clearly not. Like, right? Yeah. Maybe I feel like there's a couple different options in terms of this thought line. <clears throat> Maybe he just didn't want you know, because there's theories that Vegapunk is secretly on the good side. He's working against the world government. I think know, so, for But sure. also protecting his own interests. Yeah, I definitely uh, am subscribed to that side. For so sure. maybe he didn't want, number one, the government to know and have their hands on such a power. Yeah. Or to know that he actually was capable of artificially, perfectly replicating any given fruit that they wanted. Like, could you imagine the fucking workload? Right, right, right. <laughs> or um second, I guess maybe he was such a perfectionist that even the fact that it was just a different color classified it as a failure in his mind or the fact that it wasn't aesthetically the same as kaido's fruit because we saw that it did look kind of like a smile yeah um and kaido's fruit probably had that nice you know aesthetic design like devil fruits do yeah so that could be you know a a funny you know line of thought as well to it yeah there's also the possibility that he literally would would have no idea being that you know unless he had somebody eat the fruit Yeah, and then go years with it, there's no way he could really know, so he could have just been like, ah, you know, it's probably a failure. It doesn't look like a real devil fruit, so it's probably a fucked one.
0: Yeah. That Um, seems, like, a little bit too um, dumb for Vegapunk. Right, You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, like, if if you're saying that because you don't know for sure because no one has eaten it, then why would you be so sure that it was a failure? Like,
1: that just doesn't seem like scientist logic. Um, I would be inclined to go with the option number one he's on he's working against the government he did not want them to know that he had the ability to do this or them to have the access to this power and give it to like an admiral which you know they fucking. but
0: then why would he just do why would he do it then why would Um, he why would he make the perfect fruit if he could have just not made the perfect fruit and lied and how would they know no one's mind is on his level he could just say i i blew it and and it was a failure and then they would have maybe, to just, they would just have to take that at face value like how, who's gonna argue maybe with them?
1: yeah maybe this dude is like omniscient mm. omnipotent and mm. like maybe he's a fucking I don't know dude with vegapunk the options are like unlimited yeah. like maybe he is literally from the fucking void century yeah and he like knows about some shit maybe he knew That Momo was gonna be there. So he made that fruit, said it was a failure, left it on punk hazard, and Mm -hmm. knew that Momo was gonna wind up eating it
0: Yeah, yeah. That
1: that could be through maybe some time forward time traveling technology that he he made. Or maybe he's just omniscient in a way or or just got
0: or there's just other characters involved that gave him information to let him know that things were going to happen in a certain way. He never know like what kind of intel he gets or who saw the ship with certain characters on it heading towards Punk Hazard, et cetera, et cetera. You got Free Rider yeah. Abusa who's invisible and be fucking snitching on people. Like, you never know. You know, like, intel and information trading and, and gathering in, in one piece is, like, so well-established that it could literally be all, yeah. all, all thrown away to the... Or not thrown away, but all, like, up um, hinging on the idea that someone saw someone or someone saw the cast and then ran and told multiple people that are happened to be associated with vega punk and vega punk just got the information somehow but um
1: i feel like but that is a very good question that you pose like why would he make the fruit and then lie to them about it and then just leave it there and not do anything with it
0: right yeah like like, i I was you know i was just
1: trying to jump through a little bit of hoops trying to maybe justify it but that's that's at the end of the day something that like yeah we have no idea too because that's like some vega punks motivations type shit and right like, i just can't wait to get vega punk shit man like He's i feel like enigma I, yeah i feel like it's time bro i feel like it's not gonna be much longer now like yeah. Odin himself has said like we're in that is like it's them hours yeah you know what i'm saying there's so also vega a, punk shit is coming yeah i feel like i'm
0: super excited for that because what was he he was he was first name dropped in what like Alabasta or something so. dude like so, way back way yeah, way back. so long ago and it's like man that's the one that oda has been hanging on to for real for real you know what i'm saying besides the void history obviously but um yeah but yeah i don't know maybe it's a situation where um maybe it's a situation where he said it's a failure because it was perfect and he wanted it to not be perfect because he doesn't want the government you know or anyone to have this kind of technology So he's like ah damn i did it perfectly it's a failure in his eyes like because it's going against his wishes or like what the potentially giving the world government more power it's like god damn it why did i make this for these motherfuckers i wish that i didn't Mm -hmm. and it's perfect so if they get their hands on it it's over like i failed maybe they're gonna give it to an
1: admiral he's gonna be od strong as kaido maybe not strong as kaido but like durable as kaido yeah saying yeah
0: he could see it as a failure in the sense like i allowed them to to have this technology or something like i failed myself and maybe the fruit itself isn't a failure just to throw another um unlikely possibility out there just to make sure that we're covering all of the vases of our own logic but i yeah i don't know that's really interesting I, i guess i never really thought about that in a really long time so that was a cool conversation to have
1: yeah 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 um we also get this fucking hype ass shanks moment bro like we're yep. getting Shanks shit now too dude the shanks
0: acts- activity is insane in the story bro. it's like you never think you're gonna get it and then now like when he's here it's just like oh i'm like
1: starstruck i'm like oh bro. shit <laughs> he literally flexes on green Bull this chapter to the point where he literally pulls out of Wano. like yeah I'm I'm on my edge to see what the fuck other plans he has. As for why he's here, like yeah. I really hope he's not on any fuck shit, man. Fingers yeah. crossed. Like maybe he's just pulling up to try and take a copy of Kaido's poni or something. Yeah. Um, I got a
0: question for you though, because this hockey situation um, had me thinking dude, earlier because of the, the the Twitter timeline. I saw people saying this motherfucker's hockey is so strong that he can communicate through it.
1: And that's what I'm saying. Like
0: I was gonna ask you, like, do you think he's actually commun like talking? having a conversation with green bull here through his hockey so it's
1: really it's really weird yeah how he's seemingly able to speak to green bull like he's literally right next to him even though he's clearly not because based on the panel that we see of the ship they're still they still haven't even made it up the waterfalls they're They're out
0: of they're out of earshot they're far away
1: they cannot be having this conversation there's no fucking way yeah and so based on what we know about shanks right yeah we, we we can assume we can pretty safely and strongly assume based on his philosophy for his crew and the character and what we've seen from him so far he does not have a devil fruit right and so it can't be associated with that yeah. the only the only thing we really have to go off of is that he is in fact the only character within the series besides Goldie Roger that has been stated by the author to have mastered all three types of hockey to the highest possible degree
0: sure and, and so, so they could, this could just be the it has limit to be associated with that hockey. like it
1: it has to be something with either observation hockey or 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 how like conquerors like it has to be associated with hockey in some way because like you said they're definitely out of earshot there's no way this motherfucker's hollering yeah so he definitely has to be able to like speak or communicate or like impose his will and intent through his hockey in a way where, like, even though he can't hear him, like, he can definitely understand what the fuck he's like meaning yeah, to do. I say. don't
0: exactly, I don't think that they're having a conversation at all, is what I was going to say. I think that this is literally, because I don't think that Green Bull ever responds in a way that confirms that he's actually responding to what Shanks is saying, you know what I'm saying? Because he's like, That's Supreme, he like, that Supreme, he's like, That's Supreme, he's like, Wait, stop, that's Supreme King hockey, who's doing that. And then he says, The red haired pirates, are you nearby? Now we have that moment there. So, but then we also have the moment at the end where Luffy seems to be able to put it together that that's Shanks' hockey as well. So, like, and obviously Luffy isn't communicating to Shanks through his hockey. So he didn't get the information that this is the red haired pirates because Shanks told him, right? So then there's one example of him not responding in a way that actually confirms that they're having a conversation. And then shanks is sitting here going now i'm not accusing you of fighting dirty navy man but when the new shoots that just changed pirating history are exhausted from their feet don't you think that what you're doing is a bit much are you that afraid of the new era and he's clearly yes. saying that to green Bull, but then green Bull's response is look i'm not picking a fight with you guys not yet fine fine you know what I mean? Like, that doesn't seem like it's a direct response to what Shanks just said. He says, are you that afraid most... of the new era? And he says, I'm not trying to fight with you. And and he, think... and it makes sense for him to say, I'm not trying to fight with you because he's locked down by Shanks's hockey right now. So I don't think he can hear any of these words personally.
1: I think the most indicative thing for me that he can maybe like possibly hear the words is the fact that like, when Shanks is talking, dialogue bubbles of Shanks are superimposed over a panel of Green Bull in which he does have that, like, reactive yeah. you see see right. uh, bubble where yes. he's like, oh, yeah. shit. Like, that yeah. to me is the biggest thing that you could say is indicative of the fact that he is actually hearing what he's saying right now in some right. way, shape, or form. Right. Um, But, I mean, there's really nothing. You could also
0: just say that that's just him, like, reacting to the hockey that He is being affected by right now. Like also,
1: yeah. The other thing to me would be the scree. What is the scree? Yeah, the scree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that like a that's the that's the hockey tuning into his fucking shit, and now you can hear what Shanks is saying. It could be that. It definitely could be
0: that. But it also could just be the will of Shanks hurting him. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like that could just be a sound effect for. And it doesn't even look like it's a sound effect, honestly. It's coming out of the gutter like it's a dialogue bubble. So, like, honestly, I think it's supposed to be confusing. I think it's I think and we're also, supposed to we're supposed to have this conversation. Oda wants people to not be sure of this and talk about the possibilities in one way or another, because it is honestly entirely too vague for me. And people seem to be like for sure and confident about the fact that he's communicating through hockey right now. And like I think that it is like purposely ambiguous.
1: I think the other thing that you could say is pretty indicative of it, of the, of the situation being that they can hear, or he can hear him is that like, it would seem pretty dumb for Shanks to speak in this way as if he can hear him and he's right next to him when he can't, right? Right.
0: Maybe it's just like, It would
1: seem pretty dumb, like the dialogue in itself would be pointless. Um,
0: People talk like this all the time. People talk to other characters from their position far away with no one else hearing them out loud all the time in one piece, I think right.
1: Like. But it would just seem like contrived in a way, where like he's flexing his hockey, letting him know he's there. and if that alone is enough to like, make him back down then what is the point of him saying this like it just and he's like basically just talking to himself
0: yeah because he wants to get it all he wants to he's i don't know i feel like you could say a lot of things to yourself while you're in a situation like this hemming somebody up with your hockey like whether or not they can hear what you're saying or not like you are still technically in a conflict in a fight with this character so saying things to yourself in that moment doesn't seem very crazy especially because like these kind of feel like rhetorical questions anyway. You know what I mean? Like like bro, my people just came up. They're fucking chilling like like it's a moment that kind of warrants dialogue regardless of whether or not anyone can hear it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion.
1: Yeah. I I mean it's it's yeah. just like a difference in interpretation really. Yeah, I sure. I personally am on the boat that Greenbull can hear him and it's yeah. probably some some extremely high level of hockey uh application yeah
0: and this is just oda letting us know that this is what motherfuckers on this level with conquerors hockey can do and that's totally fine too but i think it hits a little bit harder if this is just like a personal you know monologue from shanks because he's on screen and he's in the scene and he has shit to say and it's important and it's hype and we want the information he wants to say it who cares if green bull can't hear him like, it's a moment that warrants this kind of shit anyway. So just get it off your chest and say some cold-blooded shit while you're handling this motherfucker from, like, three miles away. Like, it just seems, like, super tight to me that... Because, like, and, and it's like, okay, if 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 when he said, are you that afraid of the new era? Like, if Green Bull's response was clearly in response to that, then like it would be no question obviously you'd be like yo man i didn't know these guys were that serious to you or meant that much to you you must be friends with these guys or something like my bad bro like then there would be no there would be no no question at all i think you that could argue happy. that it is look i'm not picking a stuff. fight with you guys shanks is not like 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 the new like what is the new era is like is the new era just everything after roger because then obviously shanks is a part of that you know what i mean but like the new era seems to be like indirectly in reference worst to the super no- to the, to the worst generation, the supernovas. Shanks isn't a part of that team. So Green Bull saying, look, I'm not picking a fight with you guys in response to are you that afraid of, of the new era? Just feels just so vague and like not it's not a hard confirmation that they're having a conversation with each other to me.
1: I mean, with what we know about Shanks being that he's somebody who tries to usher in the new era, you know, yeah. he saved Luffy from the from the sea sea king, gave him the hat, put the dream in his heart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it it tracks for me that like these are fighting words from Shanks and like he yeah. understands, like, if you continue to do this shit, I'm coming up this fucking waterfall and I'm about to whoop your fucking ass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So are you that afraid of the new era? Do I need to fucking come up and continue, like, get closer and give you these fucking hit this hand?
0: Yeah. And these, these, um, the tra- I'm looking at the difference in the translation so, on the TCB, too, right now. And when yeah, he says, when Shanks is like, does the new age frighten you that much is what he says in the TCB. And then Green Bull says, I get it already. It's not like I want to pick a fight. In one, in the first dialogue bubble, then in the one right next to it, it says, with you guys. And then the last one says, not today anyway. And that's like pretty different than, look, I'm not picking a fight with you guys. Not yet. Fine, fine. That's pretty, that's. Like, wait a minute. i think the
1: the tcb is more indicative that he's responding directly to him but i think you could argue either one is is a direct response yeah and like i said i'm i'm firmly on the boat that he's that yeah. he's hearing what shanks is saying through some like omnipotent level of fucking hockey
0: yeah the um, tcb is the one that like because i honestly like don't even think that i had read the official before this review even once now that i think about it so i'm like my thoughts on this were from before we even got together to, to do the review tonight. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up. I'm going to ask him, you know what I mean? And I had the TCB translations dialogue in mind. Does the new age frighten you that much? When he says, I get it already. Like that could be him saying like, okay, you've been fucking hitting me with this hockey pressure for a good minute. Now. Like I get it already. You know what I mean? Like I'm I, like you are, I, I am immobile. You have, You have stuck me to the ground. I cannot move. Like, I don't want to pick a fight with you guys. Not today anyway. He could be saying all of this to Shanks, even if Shanks had no dialogue at all. Everything that Green Bull has said can be said with no dialogue from Shanks.
1: So as a counterpoint to that, I would say, um, what would give Shanks the cue to stop flexing his hockey as soon as Green Bull says, like, all right, yeah, I give up. I'm leaving.
0: The difference in will. He can, there, there, he could probably like the, the, the whole like willpower aspect of hockey can probably like give shanks all of your intention just from them being, you know, or all of your intent. Like, just from them being locked in this way. Like, my hockey is attacking your hockey. That's essentially my willpower attacking your willpower. Once I get you hemmed up in this snare, you're struggling. Get the fuck off me. Yo, like, chill. And then as soon as Green Bull decides, like, all right, I'm probably just going to fucking leave, Shanks can just feel that in his will, in his intent. And be like, all right, he's done. I, mean, I would
1: say if he could feel his will from that far, he could probably communicate his voice from that far. That's a bigger a
0: deal, pop-up. though, than just feeling... You know, Shanks know
1: is, is a bigger deal than we know it, it is
0: but yeah it is and that's just like you know all leaving it up to that later explanation that we get from Oda that this is a thing that you know high level conquerors can do you know what I mean so like that's all reliant on that future exposition coming out but just based on the information that we have right now his hockey is definitely running into Green Bulls hockey that is undeniable that does not mean at the same time that that the voice is traveling through that though he does i don't think he needs to have conquerors hockey but like their hockey is clashing regardless because shanks is literally attacking him with it so it's hitting him he doesn't have
1: that like indomitable will though you know what i'm saying
0: right right but that doesn't mean that all hockey all hockey is will though is what i'm saying Hockey literally translates to willpower. So you can feel someone's will in any form of hockey and just hockey in general communicates your intent probably to Shanks is what I'm saying. Like we have a lot more, you know, evidence to support that Green Bull's intent in his will dropped off and tapered in a way that Shanks could feel and then know that he doesn't need to use his hockey on him anymore and then leave more so than the assumption that because their hockey is clashing, Shanks can send his words through that. That just doesn't make I don't think as it's necessarily
1: because me. they're clashing. I think it's because of a higher level of hockey that we don't necessarily know about yet. And right. that is right. backed up by again the statement by the author that there's only two characters of the echelon that Shanks is in. Yes. Him, Goldie Roger. Yes. Neither of which we have like a full, you know, deep dive into what they're capable of with yeah. their with their hockey mastery. Yes. So it's not you know, it's it's definitely not a long shot that, like, yeah. this could just be a, a very, very high level of hockey application that only right. Shanks has access to. I'm with
0: that. I'm, I'm entirely with that. Like, when the exposition comes in for it, I'll be like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. But based on the information that we have right now, I would rather not make an assumption that because he's a high-level hockey master, he's able to speak through his hockey over great distances to people. I would rather just assume, like, he's hitting him with his hockey in a controlled bolt and... Green Bull is like, yo, 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 chill. Like, I don't want to fucking do this with you right now. And even though they're both saying things, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're having a conversation and they're just communicating with will and intent that we know is clashing right now.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think there's a good bit of evidence to support that he could be fucking tossing his voice here, but shit, right. let us know in the comments what you think about it. I'm sure, sure you guys will, regardless. But yeah, for but sure. Um, I guess another thing is that it's really weird how, um, oh, another thing worth noting actually is that people are also thinking this um, silhouette in the top left corner of page 16 is possibly Shank's daughter from the movie, Uta oh sure and that this is the possible like you know potentially hinting her official confirmation as a canon character oh i mean, wow. it's not much to go on aside from the silhouette being yeah. you know aesthetically similar to what we see from her design but yeah. um it's it's hype so worth mentioning
0: i'm more interested in the silhouette on the bottom middle panel of page 15 because shanks is standing there and he's looks like he got a hand on griffin And just based on, like, the position of his body and whatnot, like, like, that ain't the arm that can grab it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, like like hockey arm theory might be in full effect right now, just based off of this silhouette right now. And I've been in that camp for a long time. So I saw this panel and I was like, that's gotta be what it is. I've had a couple conversations with Kichi and, and some others about like what we really could be looking at here, but that definitely looks like a left arm grabbing the hilt of that sword.
1: I think it looks, I don't know.
0: What does it look like to you? I
1: don't know. I could, it could be the right, just kind of grabbing it like this
0: yeah, but it doesn't look like the wrist is in the right position for that and the meat of the fist is above the wrist so like if, you, if he you would you have, have to go be like this,
1: though how he would have to reach across you're, you're, it does oh oh
0: oh maybe across. his yeah maybe his thumb is towards the camera and he's grabbing it like this and not like this he's grabbing it with his like like oh man this is like really would, hard to like do, do on get a podcast right
1: Like like he's getting ready to pull it out, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, but see, like, that doesn't make sense for the right hand to be on the sword if he was going to pull it out traditionally, because, like, there's clearly meat of his fist above the forearm line, right?
1: like that could be this part is what i'm saying like you see how it's kind of similarly cocked in a right way? but
0: you're you're grabbing it like from dude this is really hard to do like in this setting right now to have this conversation right now like this um
1: like this basically is what i'm saying like yeah, he's so, grabbing it like this well
0: turn turn your turn your back to the camera so that we can actually yeah 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 okay yeah but see like that doesn't make sense though because the way that the rest of the fist meets the forearm <laughs> Like, it feels like it's just makes so much more sense that it's the left arm because that's just one fluid, obvious. Like, if he did have a left arm, like, if he didn't lose his left arm and we got a silhouette of a dude grabbing his sword like this, we would all be positive that he was grabbing it with the left arm. But because it's Shanks and he doesn't have a left arm, we have to create logic for why the hand is shaped like this on the hilt. And, like, the only one that makes sense to me is if he's grabbing it like, um,. Like, you know how uh, Zoro does Rashomon, tech, you know, like, his, uh, his two-sword style? He's, like, grabbing it, you know, like, she, oh, my God, this is really hard to do. Grabbing it from, like, the opposite end, you know what I mean? Like, he's, hold on, let me stand up, let me stand up, let me stand up. So, if I'm like this, then that would mean that I'm either, okay, so this is my left arm in this perspective, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think he's, with his right arm grabbing it like this yeah there we go with his arm on it like this and then can pull it out like this not like this you know what i mean because if he grabs it like this then that would explain there being you know that like big bulbous like fist meat above his forearm but if he's grabbing it like this then, like, it doesn't make sense for that much meat to be up past the forearm line. (laughs) This sounds so crazy trying to explain this. I think he's literally grabbing it like this and not traditionally, like... You know what I mean? He could
1: honestly just be reaching right across and grabbing it like this, too. And, yeah. like, the meat that you see is just the ball of his fist and, like, the stringy arm is going up the wrist.
0: Right, know. right. I don't know. I did not think that that was going to be that difficult to try to explain. So I'm cool with it being, you know, the right hand, whatever. But as a as a motherfucker who's been in the shanks, has a hockey arm camp for a very long time now. I saw this and just went like, "That's my proof." Until we actually see this motherfucker fight. So, even though it makes hey, a lot up. more sense that it's the right arm, I'm saying left arm
1: I'm until with we the know. Arm as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. With the hockey arm as well. I that would be a really thing. cool way for
0: Oda to show it. <coughs> you know, to foreshadow it. That would be a brilliant. You know, this silhouette is obviously clearly based on the conversation we just had. A pretty yeah, polarizing yeah. silhouette. So Oda be liking to to create, you know, fan divide like that with this kind of shit. There's a moment that earlier with the fucking communicating through hockey shit, and I know that that was on purpose. I know he left that shit vague and ambiguous just so that people would have conversations like we just had. So, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um, another thing in this chapter that is low key that I feel is worth mentioning is that in terms of the old layout of Wano, yeah, Onigashima existed on a Lower peak, but still very, very high peak above the land of Wano. Um, so it makes the fact that there's, like, giant ogre skulls and fucking huge swords and shit lying around even more curious. Right? Yeah, for real. So I wonder if that's where, like, ogres originated from in the Ooh. past, back in the day. Okay. Um, and it also makes me even more fucking curious to see. I wonder, like, what the fuck is at the tippy top? at the tippy tip you know what I'm saying? Top. yeah what is at the fucking tippy top like if the ogres lived potentially on the lower peak yeah then then what could possibly be going on at the highest summit you know what i'm saying does yeah. another ancient race like originate from there or potentially live there currently yeah. is there even more fucking lore like awaiting us at the top is fucking uranus up there low key Hey, like, wait a minute man this this fucking chapter is just so packed full of lore yeah. and answers. Two ancient like weapons excited. in one spot would feel weird, I think. True, true. Yeah. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, never know. Yeah. Um, so anyways, like, dude, this chapter is, like, obviously so full of fucking answers and shit yeah. that we've been waiting for for so long and yeah. lore. But it's yeah. also packed still full of so many fucking, like, breadcrumbs and, like you know, hints to even more fucking mysteries that are potentially, you know, at play. Um, and this is honestly just so fucking this is Oda at his finest, bro. And he's flexing so fucking hard right now and showing his mastery as a storyteller. Yeah. And I'm absolutely here for every fucking second of
0: it. Absolutely. Like we were saying, Driver about um... to
1: go on is about to be insane. And I cannot wait for this fucking climactic era. Yeah one piece that we're going into, bro. Like we're really we're re- we're eating good as fuck, and it's oh, really yeah. ours. And like, I'm I'm not ready for one piece to end. I
0: mean, <laughs> Me yeah. neither. I like cheer up. Like every time I think about like just how close it is to being finished. <laughs> Man, and he ke- and he just came out with another statement like recently. He's like, we got three years left, and it's like, all right. Well, we obviously know that we can't take that entirely at face value with a dude like Oda. But whenever he comes out and tries to say how much longer the series is going to be, it's always just like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. As far as like what could be at the very top, you said like another crazy race of things. It's like maybe that's the origin for uh, whatever king's race is.
1: Yeah, the Lunarians. Lunarians.
0: It's it's high up. You know what I'm saying? Luna, Luna moon. Yeah. We're closer to the moon up there than we are down here. You know what I'm saying? So like you never know. You got sky people. You got sky, sky, sky race in this bitch already. So you never yeah. know.
1: Yeah. Um. The only weird thing to me about the chapter that I feel is, is somewhat worth, you know, talking about is yeah. the fact that um, on page, where, where the fuck was it that Sukiyaki was talking about this shit? Page four. Um, we get this panel of Jack, right? And it yeah. looks like he's just kind of swimming underwater when he discovers the Wano bold right? Like, yeah. obviously, you know, like, Su- like Sukiyaki said, he's a fishman. Yeah, But what doesn't track to me is the fact that he's seemingly just able to swim around, you know, just fine. Whereas, yeah. like, as far as I can recall from the Fishman Island arc, Vander Decken, still had to walk around with, like, a fucking bubble on him when he was underwater because he would still be rendered, like, incapacitated underwater because he had a devil fruit.
0: Well, and we've seen that for and Jack, so, too, because when Jack attacked him and he was underwater, he was just, like, not immobile underwater, just, like, waiting for someone to come save him. He's like, God damn it. Like, I'm still a devil fruit user. Luckily, I'm a fishman so I can yeah. breathe down here, but someone got to come get me <laughs> type so, shit. So the yeah.
1: fact that he's just swimming around here, like, willy-nilly is kind of weird to me. Yeah. Um, maybe the fact that it's not seawater is at play, but I believe we've gotten that any, like, standing body of water, you know, if they're yeah. submerged in it, they'll get weak.
0: Yeah. Devil
1: Even if it's not saltwater, seawater, like.
0: Yeah, it makes me wonder, Do like. They,
1: like, get weak in the bats and shit. Yeah, like, you know? why
0: would this line of dialogue, but because Jack led the performer, or I'm sorry, the lead but performer. because Jack, the lead performer, was a fishman, they discovered the poneglyph in quick order. That that does make it sound like he dove in, swam around, and found the shit. But I'm trying to make it make sense because I know that he couldn't physically do that because he's a devil fruit eater, and we already saw what happens when he's underwater when Zunisha attacked. It I, it made me think because this did feel weird to me too, actually, when I when I originally read it, I had the exact same thought as you. And I and I think the logic that I created at the time was that like, yeah, he was Maybe down just... there, but he wasn't swimming. Like someone else was like, but then why would him being a fish man matter in the discovery if they could just like send anyone down there, you know, because obviously Jack would need to be accompanied with somebody. So him being a fish man doesn't really make sense as to why they were able to find this so quick, unless he is by himself or at least, um, you know, able to himself swim around and find something which doesn't sound right.
1: That doesn't sound right to me either. I mean, maybe he's just a big, dumb fucking oaf and fell in and like sank down to the bottom and then and, and
0: then fell right in front of it and was like, oh shit <laughs> God
1: damn. like yeah. this is down here, okay, yeah, and then you know they they maybe eventually found the passage down and yeah, it did Kaido never even have a fucking rope onny technically like he was just sitting on it, but never even really had it in his possession I don't <laughs> like know. he didn't even know it was there. I don't know. I mean as he said I never I never, you know, told him about this chamber. Yeah. Oh, they discovered the poneglyph in quick order. He Yeah, and
0: so, yeah, yeah, so then so then Jack goes back to Kaido and says there's a poneglyph down here. So Kaido definitely knew that there is a poneglyph there. But But the yeah. poneglyph
1: is like inside a chamber where it's where there's no water. So again, like how can Jack freely move around and explore down here? How did
0: he yeah, how did he get in here to see that it's a poneglyph? Unless the poneglyph is against a wall, and like the, the poneglyph is a part of the wall and the other side of it is visible from the water outside. And Jack saw it and Maybe. was like, that's gotta be a poneglyph, yeah, or something like that. Cause it's yeah, hard to correct. it's hard to think that Jack has been in this room, I guess. Or at least like that he discovered it from going from diving the underwater, coming inside, and then discovering the room. Yeah, it seems like he might have discovered it from the outside in the water maybe because the poneglyph is a part of the wall and you could see it from the outside maybe i don't know yeah yeah that's a head scratch it sure. was weird yeah. yeah
1: but i mean i don't know other than that i mean yeah I don't, I don't really feel like i had much else for this chapter man i
0: think i'm pretty good too i love the chapter and like we were saying earlier in our like chapter of the week conversation like this is otis biggest bag And, like, this is where I, like, get the best feels from One Piece. Like, obviously, the arcs as they go are tight. The fights are tight. The lore we get in the meantime, the characters that we meet and their characterizations, all that shit is good, you know, in every One Piece arc for me, for the most part. But, um, like, these kind of chapters where the conflict is over and we're getting all of this just raw world building and set up for the continuation of the overarching narrative, that's when... That's When Oda, that's when Oda speaks is to me is at the back. most, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I love this last little couple panels that we get of everybody, you know, the big dogs sitting on the cliff, they're just feeling out the situation, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we get Luffy, like, oh, he's gone, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sanji's like, oh man, we don't get to fight, Shit. Yeah. yeah, and then Zoro, Zoro's like, oh, not bad, Momo, not bad, yeah, and then uh, and then yeah. Um Jimbe's like that was some pretty monstrous hockey being thrown around though. Sanji goes, What was that? And then, like you said, Luffy kind of you know, it made me think of a familiar face. So he yeah. was able to tell that it was Shanks um through right. some way as well. Right. Um but yeah. But this is great, just a
0: really cool continue. like scene to get considering the last time that they were in direct opposition with an admiral, I think was Shabandi. Oh, wait, 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 Fujitora was at Dressrosa. Dressrosa. Yeah, yeah. but they were not, like...
1: was also then, like, I'm not running from him anymore, I can't, like... Yeah,
0: but they they weren't this casual about there being an admiral around still, even back in Dressrosa. Like, they still understood the threat potential of an admiral and were very stressed out about it, and he caused them quite a bit of trouble throughout the arc anyway, even in direct conflict. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah...
1: Well, Zoro even said in Dressrosa, like, yo, that's an admiral. Like, let's get out of here or whatever. Right, and then type that shit. was Luffy was like, no, I, we can't run from these types of people anymore. If we right. want to be these motherfuckers, we got to be these motherfuckers. You
0: right, know what I'm exactly. And then um, now to have this next admiral encounter be one that is just so chill and casual eating fucking taco yaki on the cliff like
1: the ayazaki nine got ready it to activate yeah like yeah really ready to activate they're like feeling it out they're like hmm do they got it
0: yeah did they got
1: it? and you can tell like if it even went slightly in the wrong direction they yeah. were about to.
0: they were going to be on you know, yeah they were going to be on, on in a second yeah. to i'm like oh yeah, yeah he's like oh we what you activate. talking about yeah, like, oh, we didn't have to worry. That's so cool. Yeah, these admirals. What are was ch- you saying? You want me to, you want yeah. to, You want hey, I'm right here because they didn't yeah. even have to tell you where I was because I'm in your face. Yeah, I'm on, your, I'm on your heels. We didn't I'm even need that. on your
1: goddamn doorstep.
0: Yeah, we didn't even need to do that. The scabbards handled, and then Shanks came up and made that motherfucker bounce. So it's just cool that
1: they're just, like, so casual
0: about an admiral. Yeah, and, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, but that's all. Can't I wait had. to
1: see, uh, you know, what we get the next time we do get, like, you know, <sighs> Straw hats against the admirals or something, man. They're about like, to
0: get slid with like little difficulty, and it's gonna be funny as fuck, I bet. <laughs> Maybe not slid that? with little difficulty but like it's definitely going to be like more hype than stressful it's gonna be like okay they, they came to dance on y'all this time like y'all been making my guys run and like kind of like clapping them up like the entire series but like oh you this next the
1: admirals are gonna get slid yeah yeah like oh, i thought you said the admirals are gonna slide no
0: no, like... no 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 what? no i think it's yeah, definitely on, bro, going too. to be like more of a flex the next time admirals are yeah. involved because like it's all like as we're going towards like the the final you know arc of this all of the previous threats that have been a big deal in the story are going to be, you know, less and less threatening because of the growth of our of our, of our our team, you know what I mean? So it's like, the it it's almost feels like Wano is kind of being used as a way to communicate to the audience that the Admirals were the scariest thing you ever saw in your life pre-time skip, but based on where we're at in the story right now, like, they're about to be less and less of a problem as we make our way to Laugh Tale and to get this one piece, like,
1: the Admirals or are right. not... As, like what you thought they were anymore, type shit, or were at least on their level. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But, I, and again, it doesn't seem like Green Bull's necessarily like like <laughs> petrified, afraid. Like he's like he's literally kind of talking shit on his way out. Like, oh yeah, we, you know, what I'm saying we'll we'll get you later, yeah, type shit. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I'm not ready right now to yeah. fight your whole crew yeah. solo. Yeah, but like once I got my man's, you know, what I'm saying Akiji. Right. Yeah, or not alkiji Once I got my man's fucking, you know, what I'm saying.
0: Fujitora, kizaru
1: Fujitora, yeah you know what i'm saying akainu there we got yeah. the whole navy there bro like we'll take that's a big deal
0: no was... matter what absolutely but i feel like in terms of like single admiral combat i feel like the fucking straw hats got that <clears throat> at this point and it's not oh yeah way. like
1: if you if you go back to sabondi right now with the straw bats like it's yeah. straw bats. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. this is
1: pretty much it like like yeah. kizaru pulls up you know what i'm saying he's making his way through yeah. you know what i'm saying. And they're not running. Like, yeah. they're chilling. They're like, okay, do we got to activate right yeah, here? like, we, oh, we no, want to do dead. this right now? Like,
0: we could do it right now if you want. You know, it's, like, similar to, like, how Rayleigh kind of, like, was to Kizaru. Yeah. You know, when they kind of, like, clash, it would be a very similar, like, dynamic. He's already probably be like, you guys got too big. You guys are super strong now. Oh, shit. I don't know if you guys are kind of scary now. I don't know. If I really, yeah, type shit. Yeah, yeah, you know. But, like, yeah, if it was all the fucking admirals on a team, like, that's a problem for any character in the series. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, I feel like in in terms of like how they feel about the admirals in general, and what Oda is trying to tell us about how the yep. the, the straw hats kind of scale in comparison to an admiral, it's not we're really anything now. to really be worried about anymore. And that just feels really cool.
1: Yeah, we're on their level now. Oh, oh yeah. and especially if it's the if it, especially if it's the the monster monster quartet against right. one. Right. Yeah. Oh, we mopping them. Yeah. We like, out here. Yeah. Yeah. Ran, gan, gan. We gonna hit him with the motherfucking gomo, gomo, no yeah. <laughs> <"Diaburi>
2: I'm <jimbi."
1: laughs> fuck you. You. You
2: you a- in a- <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, on him like what the fuck you talking about, bro? Get the fuck down. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's all I had for One Piece while wow, man. Go Peace yeah. this week. Yeah, I'm good too, man.
0: Incredible chapter, incredible Jeez. week in jump. Fuck yeah.
1: Well, shit, that'll do it for this chapter of One Piece. And that will do it for this week's episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Like I said, um, fire weekly content coming out, you know, all the time. Um, comment down below. Let us know what you thought of this weekend jump, you know. Chop it up with us down there. Anything we missed, if you feel like, you know, yeah, just let us know. Um, as we said before, description box. You can find links there to... All of our social medias like Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as the link to our Patreon if you wish to support what we do even more than you do, you know, just by watching it. Um, And also, we love you. So yeah, with that being said, this will be another stupendous episode of the Project Mongo Podcast wrapping up. I'm your host, Eagle Knox.
2: Peace!